Welcome back, everyone. It is episode number 49 of Thirst and Goal. I have been across the table from me over here. He's wearing all of his Steelers gear, as he always is. Of course, of course. Big game tomorrow. <laughs> it always is now it's for always the a Steelers. Big and I'm here. I'm Franny, of course. And I'm wearing my Eagles green sweater. Not necessarily an Eagles sweater, but it has that sort of uh, green, midnight green, whatever they call no that powder color. blue for Miami tonight? No powder blue. <laughs> no. Oh God, He's got was, his Ryan Fitzpatrick jersey on tonight. That was embarrassing, and we'll definitely talk more about that later in the show. At length, I'm sure. <laughs> you will. You'll, you'll hear a rant from me definitely, coming definitely. up. Uh, but Ben, what are you drinking tonight? I am continuing to drink. In fact, I just killed you the bottle, that bottle of the Botanist Isla Dry Gin. Uh, so I'm looking for a new winter gin to start drinking next week. So fans of the show, if you have any recommendations, I'm talking to you, NFL Scotland podcast. You're pointing at me. I'm if like, you well, have I'm any, if you, if I'm you have any recommendations me. for uh, for gins to drink in the winter months, I'm open to suggestions. I've drank the Botanist, the Opir, and the Tangare Rangpur, which was more of a summer offering. Yeah. Uh, Franny, what about you? I'm, I'm drinking uh, what I've been drinking the last couple of weeks, Ben. Um, like I said, you and Sonia really turned me on to the Jim Beam. But it's a Jim Beam rye, not the regular Jim Beam bourbon. The bourbon I'm not a huge fan of, but the rye with the Coke is actually pretty good. Oh, very, very nice. Yeah. Yeah, and for folks that are new to the show, uh, we do do a little bit of drinking on the show. And the second <laughs> half, a little bit. the first half of the show is dedicated to the NFL. And the second half of the show is dedicated to tasting bourbons, ryes, cognac, scotches, and other offerings uh, that we sample and taste as well, as well as a different beer, lager, stout, or wheezen every single week. Yep, uh, Friday, how was your week? Does it matter the color of beer? We will try it. Exactly. And we also have made two of our own beers, yes. and we will be comparing our latest offering, which was a Hefeweizen that we made ourselves. We're going to compare that compare that to a Kronbacher, uh, which I believe is a German uh, offering. Company, but also Hefeweizen. So hopefully ours is better. We'll see. I think it probably will be. There might be a little bit of a bias. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, but Friday, how was your week this week? It was good, Ben. It was good. I had a short week. It was... Um, it was a relaxing one. It was a relaxing one. What about you? Uh, pretty much the same. I mean, we had a lot going on uh, still on the home front, uh, but that is uh, drawing to a close. I hope at least uh, at least the initial the initial phase of it. And uh, but yeah, it was a pretty busy week at work. But I think that's a good thing. Had an update on my new Tesla. There was a little <laughs> bit of a software update, which is strange to look forward to that. I look. I don't look forward to updates on my phone, but I do look forward to updates on the Tesla. So now the windshield wipers actually work. Uh, but, Franny, what are we going to talk that's, about this week? That's sort of important. <laughs> that, is, that is important. But what are we going to talk about this week? This week, Ben, on the Big Boot. Big Boot. Big Boot. We have our NFL news as usual. We have our housekeeping, Ben. We have our Week 13 recap. We have our shout-outs to our fellow podcasters out there. We have our Week 14 picks. We have our shot of the week in honor of the holiday season. Uh, we have our beverage of the week, which this week is a cognac. It's our third cognac, I believe, I believe so. 
on the show. And we also have our beer of the week. The Hefeweizen, of course, as Ben mentioned earlier. We have our betting corner, Ben's betting corner. And Frane's sexy six parlay this week. It wasn't so sexy last week. <laughs> That's well. Damn Eagles. Yeah. <laughs> and to end the show, we have some housekeeping once again. All right, Franny. So what's first up on the big board? First up on the big board, Ben, we have our NFL news, and you have quite the agenda for us tonight. We do indeed. Uh, this was a busy week around the NFL as the season draws to a close. Uh, teams are looking to move on from their head coaches to get a head start on the coaching hunt in one such head coach that was fired earlier this week was Ron Rivera from the Carolina Panthers. Uh, Ron Rivera was fired this week, and for the first time since early 2011, the Carolina Panthers are no longer coached by Ron Rivera. Nick Shook of NFL.com reported Carolina parted ways with the coach on Tuesday. The team announced earlier this week secondary coach Perry Fool has been named interim head coach. I believe this is the best decision for the long-term success of our team. Panthers owner David Tepper said in a statement, I have a great deal of respect for Ron and the contributions he has made to this franchise, to the community, and I wish him the best. I will immediately begin the search for the next head coach of the Carolina Panthers. Fool will be supported by offensive coordinator Norv Turner. Always, always a blessing huh. to have Norv Turner on your team. Who has been head coaching, has has head coaching. Had a couple of good experience. years. He did. Well, it was San Diego, so what are you going to do? Uh, so he'll transition to the role of special assistant to the head coach. Scott Turner will take over as interim offensive coordinator. Franny, what, what say you about poor Ron Rivera being fired after nine seasons I in think... Carolina? Beloved by his team, beloved by uh, the he, community. He seems like a good guy. You know, I don't have anything against Ron Rivera, but I think it was time for a change in Carolina. I believe they have a new owner over there. He didn't actually choose Ron Rivera himself. Uh, just looking at his record, um, you know, 76 wins, 63 losses, and one tie. And he only had, you know, three winning seasons. You know, he, yeah, it, and two and, of those and, seasons he was coach of the year. Yeah. And, and you know, obviously he made a, a, a Super Bowl. Uh, appearance, but you know, if you just look at the record, it's pretty mediocre. You know, he, he had a long stay in Carolina, but I think they just they should move in a different direction. It looks like they're going to be, you know, maybe making a quarterback change. Uh, I'm not I'm not sure if Allen is is going to be there next year. I'm not sure what's going to happen to Cam Newton. I mean, there's a lot of questions that need to be answered in Carolina right now. But I think I, I think it's good for him to move on. I'm sure there are a lot of teams out there that are going to be interviewing him. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I always find it odd when you fire a head coach and then everyone assumes that person will also be hired as a head coach somewhere else the following year. That tells you that there may be something a little bit deeper at issue with the team. And it looks like, uh, as Franny mentioned, new owner David Tepper wants to take the team in his own direction and craft it in his own image, which he is, of course, has every right to do. I mean, the first thing I would do is change the uniforms in its entirety, oh, along like the with the uniforms. logo. You don't like the uniforms? I do not like those uniforms. I mean, the, you know, the, the, the they logo... They strike me as XFL, AAF oh, but type the of XFL. uniform. Did you see the XFL uh, uh, jerseys that came yeah, out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some yeah. of them are pretty good. Mm. <laughs> Actually, the, I think it's with Dallas. Uh, the, the Dallas Renegades, their jerseys are almost the same colors as the Panthers, and they look the best. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I'm not a huge fan of the the color scheme, but I, I don't know that that Ron Rivera had all of the pieces that he needed to work with uh, for much of when he when he when he had Cam Newton at his height, he didn't have 
uh, great receivers. I mean, he had Steve Smith at the tail end of his career, mm-hmm. and he didn't have much of a running game to speak of either. He's had some good defenses down there. He's a defensive-minded head coach, who he has had some good defenses down there. But nine seasons, you know, it's hard to make the playoffs. It's hard to yeah. win a Super Bowl. I mean, in that division, also, I mean, you know, Atlanta had a lot of success, not the last few years, but the preceding, you know, three or four before they just dove off a cliff. Uh, and the Saints... You know they've they've been uh, solid. I mean, as long as Sean Payton uh, has has been there. So I mean, it's a it's a tough division to play in. But nine seasons and three winning seasons, that's yep. That's a little disagree. disappointing. That's a little disappointing disagree. too. You know, it's just hard to watch someone that's you know that you really are rooting for as much. I mean, I'm an AFC. You know, my team plays in the AFC, so I don't care as much about what happens in the NFC. But I, I mean, it, it Friday I obviously cares. <laughs> I mean, but by all accounts, he was he was beloved by his teammates. Uh, many of many of the players came out on Twitter and in the press this week to say very very positive things about Ron Rivera. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you, I mean, a boss that you love isn't always the best boss to have, but in this case, I think he really knew what he was doing. It's just he had bad circumstances for some of those years when Cam Newton was hot. He didn't have all the players he needed, and Cam Newton has essentially been on the down. You know, he's either been injured mm-hmm. or he's had problems with his mechanics. You know, for the last four or five years. So he hasn't had all the tools that he needs. Probably mentioned Atlanta in the same division. They've had Drew Brees pretty much healthy. Atlanta has had Matt Ryan healthy, and all of those all of those component parts have been there. Ron Rivera had a little bit of a little bit of a raw deal down there, but Tepper wants to move in his own direction. I think he should do so. Yeah, I, I think it's a good move for for both. You know, I've heard rumors of Ron Rivera possibly, you know, taking Shermer's position in New York. Someone I th- should. I, I, Definitely I, not I, Pat Shermer. Anybody should take that. I mean, <laughs> he, he's been pretty terrible in New York. Uh, the ownership's and, been terrible, yeah, too. Yeah. And, and Ron Rivera, I, I, I think, uh, I mean, it would be a good coaching move. I would hate it because I'm in that division. Um, but it, it would be a good move for just Ron Rivera to you know, move away from Carolina, find a new position. I think he can still coach in this league, but um, just not Carolina anymore. Exactly. All right, Franny, next up we have... Oh, Devlin there it is. Duck Hodges. That, that is a loud duck. That is a loud duck, Ben. Devlin Duck Hodges. The Steelers have found, them, found themselves down 10-0 in their rematch with the Browns this past Sunday. But Devlin Duck Hodges led the charge, scoring 20 unanswered points, sparked the team to a 20-13 win at Heinz Field. With the win, the Steelers improve to 7-5 and five and remain on the inside track of the AFC playoff picture. Conversely, the Browns dropped to 5-7 and seven and will need to win out to have any hope of making the playoffs for the first time since 2002. The Browns took an early 10-0 lead on the strength of running back Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, along with receiver Jarvis Landry and quarterback Baker Mayfield. Odell, calling Odell. After a key third-down catch by Landry set up an early field goal, five carries for 35 yards by Chubb set up Hunt's 15-yard touchdown. Pittsburgh's offense, specifically quarterback Delvin Duck Hodges and receiver James Washington, filled in admirably for Juju and James Conner, took control from there after his 31-yard catch, set up Pittsburgh's first points of the game. Washington's 30-yard touchdown catch tied the game just before halftime, and his 44-yard catch set up Snell's Snell's one-yard score that gave the Steelers a 17-10 third quarter lead excuses have been made time and time again for um the Steelers defense earlier in in a few seasons before this but the defense led by TJ Watt and Bud Debris and Javon Hargrave came up big down the stretch 
sacking Mayfield five times and forcing a fumble and two punts in the second half. Joe Hayden, a former Brown, clinched the game with a pick of Mayfield with just over a minute left, and Mayfield looked horrible. But we will talk about this game a little Mm -hmm. bit more later, but I really wanted to shout out Devlin, Duck Hodges, and uh, we were talking a little bit before the podcast, and Franny was lauding the efforts of Mike Tomlin this season in having the courage to move on from higher draft pick um, Mason Rudolph and is really more animated on the sidelines and interested and involved in the defensive play calling on the field. He's fired up. And he's fired up. But Devlin Duck Hodges is getting a cult following. I've ordered the jersey. The jersey is still not here. Thank you. Well, it's NFL. in high demand. Com. It's in high demand right now. Everybody is ordering the Hodges jersey. It probably is. I mean, probably, probably not. But <laughs> <laughs> well, in Pittsburgh, I think it has more to do with FedEx <laughs> than the demand. But it might, let's just call it the demand. The holiday then. season. <laughs> yes. Uh, but Franny, what do you think about uh, you know Devlin Duck no, Hodges, no. undrafted, uh, out of definitely, I can't even remember Stam- Samford. Definitely playing better than Mason Rudolph. Mason Rudolph has. Well, he's too anxious it was in the pathetic. pocket. He, he, he's, he's nervous out there. He's just unsure of Getting himself. Getting hit with his own equipment. Whereas, you know, Devlin is fearless. I mean, he's the third string quarterback. He's just chucking he the ball around. Exactly. And and that's that's the type of mentality you need. You know what I mean? Because teams are expecting the, the Steelers to maybe rely on the running game right now because of Roethlisberger being out since, you know, week two. Uh, but I, I just love his fearlessness and just... And he has a good arm. His ability to chuck the ball it's down the field. It's a pretty smooth and release. Accurate too. Very accurate passes. And you know, obviously Washington made a couple of great grabs. And we'll talk more about that later in the games. But I like what I'm seeing from Hodges. And this might be the future quarterback of the Steelers. I think so. I mean, he's he's moving out of the pocket a little bit too quickly, which is you know giving his offensive line a little bit of fits. Uh, but that's something that you're going to see in a rookie quarterback. They're a little bit reluctant to hang in the pocket as long as a more veteran quarterback. But I really like what I'm seeing out of of Devlin Duck Hodges, and I am shocked by it. I am shocked. But this is the kind of stuff that happens. I mean, Tom Brady was a six-round pick. Uh, So it is possible that this guy... And what to Mike Tomlin is doing? With, maybe no Tom Brady, but, but well, you never know. Matt, it's early. Yeah, yeah, maybe. it's early. Um, <laughs> but I mean, to Franny's point earlier about about Tomlin, what he's been able to do with Juju Smith-Schuster out, with James Conner out, with um, other folks on the offensive line down earlier mm-hmm. in the season, he's done some really, yeah. really big early. You know, early in the season, you know, I thought Peyton would be the front runner for Coach of the Year because of what he did with Bridgewater coming in for five games and going five and zero in all those games and 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 doing what he needed to do to win those games. And he sort of changed the offense, you know, to cater uh, his abilities. But what Tomlin has done the entire season with all of the injuries is is pretty amazing. And and for them to be in the playoffs right now. That's that's pretty spectacular. I mean, with the Ravens also. I mean, with the Ravens in that division, you you. I mean, you're you're gonna be, um, you know, on, on the cusp. And and you know, um, uh, what's it called? The Ryan Tannehill, Ryan and the Tannehill, Titans. and the Tennessee Titans. Yes, they're they're nibbing at your heels. But there's yeah. a very good chance that the Steelers will make the playoffs this year, and it's because of the coaching of Mike Tomlin. And that would be quite a feat. I mean, I don't. I. I it's been a long. Long time, and it's been you know uh, the percentage is extraordinarily low to start the season zero and three, yeah. and somehow find your way into the playoffs. We won't want to count our chickens before they're hatched, but no. I really you know we need we need the Miami Ryan Tannehill to make an appearance in these next four games. <laughs> All right, next up, something that is oh, near Jesus. and dear to Frane's heart are the Philadelphia Eagles, the this year's most disappointing team. 
Coming into the 2019 season, the Philadelphia Eagles were very, very hyped up with Carson Wentz no longer having Nick Foles behind him. Doug Peterson's team was tabbed as the most complete roster in the NFL, especially by yours truly right here. On Sunday, they lost on the road to the Miami Dolphins 37-31 and moved to 5-7 and on the season. In a game where the excuses were limited for the Eagles, the team went on the road and actually got out to a sizable lead, jumping ahead 28-14 to early in the third quarter. However, Philadelphia's often suspect defense showed up in the worst way, giving up 23 straight points to Ryan Fitzpatrick and the Finns digging Philly a hole they could not climb out of at one point, I believe. Second half into the third half, they had five straight touchdown drives in a row. Uh, and I believe the next drive actually included a field goal. Uh, perhaps this roster simply wasn't or isn't as complete as everyone believed. The pass rush nope. has underperformed. The run- rushing attack has been inconsistent. Wentz has been up and down, and the secondary has been downright awful, even when healthy. It's been one disappointment after another, which in turn makes the Eagles a disappointment. Make no mistake, the Philadelphia Eagles are not alone in being disappointing in 2019. Teams such as the Cleveland Browns, the L.A. Chargers, and plenty of others came into the year with high expectations, but they've fallen well short of it. But at the same time, none of these teams were as sure a thing as the Philadelphia Eagles this season. Subsequently, you have to label the Eagles as the league's biggest disappointment this season. There is no team in the league that had such confident and high expectations for both their ceiling and floor and a group that has missed both marks so badly. Maybe Philadelphia can still catch Dallas, who is struggling in their own right, and win the NFC East to earn a playoff berth. But even if they do, it's hard to not think this team is far less dangerous and, frankly, less impressive than they were supposed to be. Frane, take it away. <laughs> now, I wasn't as high on the Eagles as you were, Ben. Well, you're never you, high you, on the I'm, Eagles. I'm never high on the Eagles. You'd be and, the Patriots fan that thinks they're going to go 8-8. But eight I, didn't, eight. I didn't expect them to be this bad. You know, I mean, talking about disappointing teams this year, the Eagles are definitely one of them. The Chargers are another team that you can point at. The Rams haven't had the greatest season. Uh, the Falcons are also pretty disappointing. You know, I'm sure the Jets and their fans expect a little bit more from their team this year as well. But, man, the Philadelphia Eagles suck. I mean, and <laughs> I didn't expect them to be this bad. I expected them, you know, a 10-6 team. I expected maybe 10-6 and six this season, which is decent. You know, but with, with with the talent that they have on that team, they should have easily reached that mark and maybe exceeded that mark. But, I, I mean, like you said, the defense uh, let them down in this game tremendously to allow 37 points to a team that's trying to lose to a treat to a team that's trying to tank yeah and get it and get and ownership a good that's definitely draft trying to tank, yeah. pick that's what they're playing for this year and they beat the eagles and it is Handily embarrassing at the it is an utter disappointment this year i don't know what to say anymore they suck and a lot of this has to do with peterson and his play calling and just not getting the players prepared week after week he gets on the podium and says the same exact shit we have to look in the mirror. We'll look at the tape. You know, it's 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 all that. Sh- you know, it, it, it's the same stuff that you hear from every other coach. But yeah. he, he should just get up there and just say, you know what, we're we're trash. He should just get up there and say, Frank Reich was really <laughs> really important to this team. It is very disappointing. It's uh, very disappointing. But I mean, maybe we should have known something early on in the season uh, when everyone and anyone who was doing NFL analysis, they all, you know, from experts down to the folks at this table with the exception of Frane, 
uh, were talking up the Eagles as being the most complete roster, uh, essentially a, a can't-fail playoff team, a team that was destined to go potentially in this division into the playoffs in, in, a, division, in, a, in a division with only one decent team, uh, the and Cowboys. They're not even decent. And they're not decent this year either. Uh, but I, I am shocked at how poorly organized the team appears to be when on the field. They don't know whether they're, you know, the running versus pass uh, play calling doesn't seem to have any rhythm to it at all. When the defense mm-hmm. plays well, the offense can't score any points. And when the offense plays well, the defense yeah. shits the bed like has, they did this week. not been a, a, a complete game by all facets. You know, the defense will suffer. The offense will suffer. Special teams will suffer. One facet of the game will suffer in every single every single week, it seems. I mean, you know, they just cannot figure it out. And it is week 14 now. And I, I knew things were a little off in week one when they struggled against a very bad Washington team. They were down, I believe, 20 points yeah. in that game. Then they lose to an Atlanta team, which now we see is not a very good team. And, um, you know, it's it's just been very disappointing and it's embarrassing. You know, I will always be an Eagles fan. I will always bleed green. But... God damn, these guys suck. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, if you, I mean, if you had to put your finger on it, I mean, do you believe that it's it's the, you know, if it was it, um, Douglas and uh, Howie Roseman who didn't put together the roster that we thought they had put together, or do you believe it's the coaching? The I mean, culture. I, I, I just the, think it's, it's the, now the it, game planning. I mean, where it, it, where is it the seems problem? Like it's the coaching because the players just don't seem prepared. The game plan that's set forth for the players every week just seems to fail them. I mean, you're going up against Ryan Fitzpatrick, who it seems always beats the the Eagles. I mean, yeah. I, don't, I don't know what it is about well, Fitz he, magic, but he definitely has that's it. That's why he against, has that magic at the end of his name. Against the Eagles only, it seems, because he it doesn't matter which team he's on, whether he's playing for Washington, whether he's playing for, for uh, the Dolphins. He always comes out and he balls against the Eagles. Tampa Bay last year, he beat them. You know, I mean, and, and, and you would go just watch that game tape and just watch what Ryan Fitzpatrick is doing and just try to stop him. And he was just chucking the ball up. That's I mean, it. he was just chucking the ball up to Devontae Parker. Devontae Parker? Yeah, I believe it was. Devontae but, yeah. Parker. And others. And, and, and just, I mean, it wasn't even as if uh, he was making some really dangerous throws in that game. Yeah. And notwithstanding the low percentage of some of those throws, somehow the Eagles defensive backs well, still not, not couldn't, surprising at all. couldn't make a play. I mean, Darby and who's the other? Who's the Mills. Corner? Mills. And the person that I liked from the year before, who's not playing well, whose name is Jenkins. Jenkins. And there's one other. There was a, a, a Maddox. Is there a Maddox? On Avante the game? Maddox. I don't know if he was playing, but I don't uh, think he was playing. But, in but, that it, game. but it's 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 just been a, an utter disappointment this year. We'll talk about it more. Uh, you know, when we talk about the week 13 recap, but I just, I mean, they still, they still have a chance. I mean, that's how bad this division is. I mean, the <laughs> NFC, it'd be six, it could be six and 10 win this division. If you both lose, I mean, if you both lose out, potentially they, they could, you know, go into the playoffs as a six and 10 team or seven and nine. Um, and we've seen that, you know, happen in the past. But it, it is, it is, uh, it is embarrassing, you know, because we expected, everybody expected so much more from the Eagles. Yeah, I agree. So I wanted to follow up that terrible, terrible, sad tale of the Philadelphia Eagles with something good. Uh was hoping maybe Sonia would be around for this podcast. I wanted to say something nice about her nemesis and a former player uh, who's now her nemesis, but a former player uh, who was on both of those Super Bowl teams for 
the Seattle Seahawks. Richard Sherman is a humanitarian, apparently. Uh, Richard Sherman is known for his work on the football field, but the San Francisco's 40, 49ers quarterback is also doing important work off of it. Sherman donated this week $7,941 to cover students' lunch debt at Cabrillo Middle School, a public school in Santa Clara, California. The announcement was made by Principal Stan Garber, who also posted a photo of him, Sherman, posing together. He and Sherman gave Sherman gave him a personal check to cover the debt. Richard's gesture created such goodwill for the 49ers that they were they went on to sack Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers the next day on national TV by a score of 37 to 8, wrote uh, Stan Garber. Uh, Sherman's foundation, Blanket Coverage, the Richard Sherman Foundation, also followed up with a letter, according to CNN affiliate KPIX. Earlier this year, Sherman's foundation donated another $20,000 to Tacoma Public Schools for meal debt, according to a news release by the NFL Players Association. Sherman Sherman's foundation does a lot of volunteer work in communities, including things like food drives for schools, the homeless, and donation to local food bank. Uh, Sherman began the foundation in 2013 to, quote, provide students in low-income communities with school supplies and clothing, uh, his website reads. The following year, Sherman was part of the Seattle Seahawks team that won the Super Bowl, and after seven seasons with the Seahawks, Sherman moved to the 49ers in 2018. I thought this was a feel-good story. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, It actually seems like he's being pretty smart with his donation money, uh, you know, putting kids who need, you know, who need meals and need to be prepared to learn in school and have debt that's hanging over their heads as well as their parents' heads, getting them out of debt and donating money to the most needy uh, in the society in in outside Washington in, or Seattle in Tacoma as well as in now in Santa Clara. I just thought it was a feel-good story mm-hmm. from a guy that not a lot of people like personally yeah i mean when you watch him you know if he's not on your team it's a guy that you probably don't like because he's it always seems like he's complaining and pouting on the sidelines and yelling at teammates um but if he's on your team you respect that sort of thing you know yeah. but but uh you know good for him that's that, that that is a feel-good story ben you're making him feel good right now all right i, I figured i'd <laughs> put that out there for following the eagles but we have a little bit more news related to the eagles sort of oh starting it's a jacksonville this story coming now. week the jacksonville Jaguars have benched Nick Foles for the remainder of the season to think the Jacksonville Jaguars overpaid for Nick Foles on purpose. Remember when they actually said that they paid him too much on purpose? You might remember that str- that strange report from March of this year where Foles got 40 or 4 years and 88 million dollars by the Jacksonville Jaguars even though there was no other team that seemed to be in the running or offered anything close to that. The reason that was floated through the media was that the Jaguars didn't want to lowball him because they wanted him to be seen as a leader in the locker room. Sure, it wouldn't have mattered at all if Foles played well. The Jaguars turned the page from Blake Bortles and hoped Foles would be the answer. They had to figure out an upgrade at quarterback that would bring everything together. This from Yahoo Sports. Nobody knew back in March that by week 13, the Jaguars fans would be chanting for Foles to get benched for a sixth-round rookie pick. The Jaguars could have saved themselves a lot of money had they seen that coming. Foles was benched in a horrific 28-11 home loss by the, to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers where he turned the ball over three times on three successive drives, I believe. Gardner Minshew the second, who became a bit of a cult hero as Folks was out with a collarbone injury, started the second half after the Jaguars fell behind 25 to nothing. The Jaguars season is done, and there's really no reason to turn back to Foles now. Franny, mm-hmm. what say you about Nick Foles getting $88 million and not even making it two games into his 
comeback from the injury yeah, before yeah. he was benched for a sixth-round rookie. I mean, what can I say about Nick Foles? I mean, he, he brought the Eagles their first championship ever, uh, and he will always be a hero in uh, Philadelphia uh, and, and to all Eagles fans. But, um, you know, the Eagles kind of caught lightning in a bottle when, when he took over. Uh, you know, even last season, you know, he took over the team, uh, didn't play particularly well. Um, you know, it, it, the last three games, I mean, they win the last three games, and, and in the playoffs, he was okay. But I, I think this is the quarterback that Nick Foles really is. is you know i mean he he did make a lot of money you know good for him he he made uh he he ran off with 88 million dollars <laughs> guaranteed and yeah exactly and uh you know I, I i i think that benching gardner Minshew was a huge mistake by jacksonville in the first place i you know I, to to follow up because he did have such a cult following. I mean, they were giving away you know fake mustaches yeah. and 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 mullets or whatever. And people were coming and to games. People were actually coming to games yeah. and enjoying. I, I, you know, Minshew fits in. He fits <laughs> in, the dirt, in, in Jacksonville in the, in the dirty, dirty, like in the dirty, always, dirty, like you always say, Ben. Uh, I'm not saying Nick Foles does not, but he. I mean, he he was in a. It, in a certain predicament that he found himself in Philadelphia that set him up for success. I mean, he had the right coaches at the time. He had the right play calling at the time. And this is a completely different team, different coaches. And, you know, I mean, if, if he's coached upright, he can have some success. But we all, we saw in Kansas City and with the Rams, he had absolutely no success. He didn't yeah. even start. I think for the Rams, he actually did start, I think, eight games for the Rams. Kansas City, he was cut. You know, I mean, the Eagles brought him on board only because he was familiar with them. That's where he, you know, originated from. But I, I feel bad for the guy. But I think it's a smart move by Jacksonville to go back to Minshew. They actually had some success yeah. with him. I believe they were maybe four and two with Minshew. Yep. It was a, it was a mistake to cut him in the first place. I agree. I mean, and, and I think the one thing we've learned about Nick Foles low these many years is that he needs an offensive line. And one of the things that the Eagles had and continue to have uh, in Philadelphia. Uh, they actually, Lane Johnson just got uh, a huge contract extension this week. They've had him and Peters and the rest of that crew on that offensive uh, line. Peters has been struggling yeah. this year. But he, but when he, he yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, but I mean, he was he, good. He was good then. Uh, when he was with, uh, when, when Foles was quarterbacking that team last year, year before, I mean, they had a really healthy, proficient, uh, if not top tier offensive line protecting him. And you need young legs in Jacksonville because that offensive line is horrific. Mm-hmm. Uh, Foles was running for his life back there, fumbled the ball. I think he threw two interceptions yeah. uh, before he was benched in that game. You've got to give Nick Foles an offensive line similar to the one that Tom Brady yeah. plays behind uh, in order for him to have success because he's he's a pocket passer. He needs to be able to see the field. He needs three, three and a half seconds at least to be able to get that ball out and down the field. And the offensive line in Jacksonville is just not doing that for him. And it's too bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if you protect him, he can tear teams apart. He can, he he can tear defenses apart. But once again, Frank Reich is not in Jacksonville. <laughs> nor was he in. Uh, nor was he with the Rams or Kansas City. And you know, DeFilippo was his quarterbacks coach too. So I mean, yep. there, there was also that. And he's no longer with with the Eagles as well. So yeah. So Tom Coughlin's probably going to be the coach next year. Uh, but Jacksonville, they have a lot of problems down there. Uh, Nick Foles is probably the least of their yeah, one of them. worries. Uh, but down in the dirty, dirty, they're willing to put up with a lot of losing. All right, next up. Uh, this is near and dear to my heart. 
Odell Beckham Jr. unhappy. What? Who would have thought? Oh my God. Odell Beckham Jr. Who's He's in always the, so happy. Yeah, because you always hear his name being, I mean, even <laughs> against the Steelers, I mean, they did Such a not even attitude. target that guy. <laughs> Oh my God! I mean, this is—he's supposed to be on a level with with Antonio Brown, uh, and you know, yes. and Jarvis Landry, and Michael Thomas, and DeAndre Hopkins, and he is nothing of the sort. If you had a better quarterback, either maybe. that or Baker Mayfield is a complete bust. Well, but he's old proven to be so so <laughs> far. Odell Beckham Jr., who's in the midst of argu- arguably. The most disappointing season of his career was non-committal on Thursday when asked about whether or not he wants to be back with the Browns next season. Not sure why you're asking someone why they want to whether the what they want to be back when they're under contract to play for that team. Uh, this is the problem with the current NFL. Mary Kay Cabot of the Cleveland Plain Dealer reports one of the best newspaper names in the country. No one knows what the future holds tomorrow, Beckham said. I couldn't tell you what's going on or what's going to happen. My locker is right beside one of the men, Jarvis Landry. That means the most to me in the world. I think about it just being able to come to work and see him every single day. Oh, every single day and how special this could be. I couldn't sit here and tell you whether I'm going to be here, want to be here, or don't want to be here. This is exactly where I'm at now, and I wouldn't be I wouldn't rather be anywhere else in the offseason. Everything will figure itself out. That's just something I'm going to tune out for now. Catch me in the offseason and we'll see what happens. I don't know God's plan, which is the biggest cop out <laughs> on earth. I don't know God's plan. Is God in the front office for the Cleveland Browns? Uh, under contract through 2023, Beckham is due an average of about $14 million over the next four seasons. And he's earned almost $65 million in guaranteed money already on his new deal, one year into his new deal. The five-year $90 million extension he signed with the Giants in August of 2018. Therefore, the Browns can part ways with him if he asks, if he asks out without any dead money on their cap after this season. Franny would say you about Odell Beckham Jr., Whining and blaming God already. Yeah, I mean, it seems like it seems like every season he does this. I mean, when he was with the Giants, he was doing the same thing. Although he played well, I mean, we know he's a good receiver. Do we? we do. I mean, he, we know he's, he can make flashy plays. He can make some very flashy plays. He's got some good hands. I'm not sure he hasn't proven that he's worth you know 14 mil a year. Um, but, uh, you know, this, this is, you know, the same old story as, you know, it seems like with Antonio Brown, it just seems like these receivers are just such huge divas. What is it with this position that makes them the biggest divas? Especially when around? he has nothing to lean on this year in terms of success. Antonio yeah. Brown played one game for the, for the Patriots, scored a touchdown. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? As much as I hate him. He came in, he had, I think, three catches, almost 80 yards, and a touchdown and he, in the game. He always performed yeah, well. Though. I mean, with, at least with, he with, puts up numbers and yeah, touchdowns. With the Steelers, he was all, even when he didn't want to play, when he was not happy, he would still score touchdowns. Yeah, you know? I used to look forward to that when I'd see like the fantasy foot when the ratings would come out, you know, for wide receivers. I'm like, some schmuck's going to take back on like number two or number three. Yeah. Uh, and, and he just, he never puts up the kind of yards, the kind of points that people think he's going to put up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he wore the shoes this year that he wasn't, that he knew he wasn't supposed to wear. He wore the watch that he knew he wasn't <laughs> supposed to wear on a team that was clearly struggling and, and trying to find its identity mm-hmm. behind what we think now might not be as good a quarterback. As yeah, many folks yeah. believe, I think that's part of the. But issue. Landry, I mean Landry's, I mean he's not having a great season, but at least he's him and Chubb yeah. are doing what they're supposed to do, mm-hmm. game in and game out to earn their game check. And Beckham is not not fourteen mil, that's for sure. So yeah, I mean we'll see what happens. Uh, I mean if I were the Browns, I would cut bait with Odell Beckham Jr. I would, and I would him, right away and let him go out somewhere else. I mean you see what the Steelers are doing 
with a bunch of hodgepodge uh, receivers out there. Hey, Washington's the new AB, it looks like. Yeah, right? I mean, he just needed a different, <laughs> I think he just needed a different quarterback so, yeah. style. Uh, and he needed to be, you know, in, uh, you know, put at center stage in the offense to to start to shine a little bit. Mm-hmm. But you see the Patriots as well. I mean, yeah, they got they got beat, but they I, they don't have any receiving talent on that team, yeah. and yet they and year in and year out they don't, and they continue to win games. So I, I don't think a, a receiver like Odell Beckham Jr. is as helpful. Uh, more so than hurtful, as people think. Yeah, as much as he thinks. As much well, he he definitely <laughs> thinks he's har- he's not hurtful. Yeah. Uh, all right, Friday. What's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, we have our week thirteen recap. Oh, don't we have some housekeeping in there? We also have some housekeeping. <laughs> <laughs> I'm jumping ahead. I'm jumping ahead on the big board. We have some housekeeping. Sorry, I, I do apologize. It was a long NFL news segment this week. Sonia, Longer than it has been. Sonia is not here to uh, keep us under control. Uh, so thank you all so much for listening. It really, really means the world to us. We're humbled that you like our show and encourage you, implore you to share our website, thirstinggold.busbrout.com, with your friends, relatives, anyone you think would also like the show. All of you and all of your friends and relatives can listen and subscribe for free by searching for us on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Castbox, Castbox, Google Podcast, Overcast, Pandora, Stitcher, or just about any other podcatcher out there. We're on Pandora now, folks. Please, please, please leave us a review on Apple Podcast if you would be so kind. If you'd like to leave other feedback or ask a question to be answered on the show, you can email us at podcastthirstinggoal at gmail.com or you can call us at 818 818- Three five zero two six eight zero, and be our inaugural caller on the show. Uh, we may play your voicemail. On. Maybe I should just call. Yeah, we'll just with like a different accent. Yeah, we'll just call it. We'll call, we'll call in as Odell. We'll call in as Antonio Brown. We'll call in as every, whatever, whoever we insult the week before the most. We'll call in and we'll have uh, we'll have a fake scripted call. Uh, you can follow us. On Friday's awesome Instagram account yeah. at Thirstan. It's not as awesome as your Twitter, Ben. Uh, my t- well, Twitter is a little easier. You know, you just punch words that. into the little keyboard there. <laughs> tweet, tweet, tweet. You can follow us on Twitter at Goal Thirst. Thank you, thank you, thank you all so much for listening to the show. We really, really appreciate it. Friday, what's next up on the big board? Now, now, now do we have news? Now, next up on the big board, we have our week thirteen recap. All right, hold tight, everybody. We'll be right back with our week thirteen recap. All right, and we are back with with our Week 13 recap. We already recapped some of the games last week. Those were uh, some of the Thanksgiving games. We recapped the Bears and the Lions, the Bills and the Cowboys, the Saints and the Falcons. And first up on the docket, Ben, we have the Titans and the Colts. Yeah, this was one of my best bets from last week. I believe that the Titans were a three-point favorite in that game. They won this game 31-17. to A little skewed. Yeah, a little bit skewed. Uh, on the arm of Ryan Tannehill, 17 to 22 for 182 yards and count them. Two touchdowns in the game, no interceptions for Ryan Tannehill. Derrick Henry with a freaking another mm-hmm. huge game. Yep. 26 carries for 149 yards, six yards per carry, and one huge touchdown on the ground. Frane, what say you about the Colts and the Tennessee Titans? This was a good game. It was it was definitely a good game. Yeah. It was a divisional battle. 
Ben, like I mentioned earlier, the Titans are nipping at the heels of the Steelers. They're, they're trying they're, they're, they're in to make us. it into the playoffs. And, uh, you know, the score was pretty much 17-17. Yeah. It was a very close game. Derrick Henry, like you said, like you mentioned, he had an amazing game. Another great game by Derrick Henry. 150 yards on the ground again. Yeah, and, and this just came out of nowhere. I mean, yeah. the guy who was struggling for a few years there, but... This year he's really picked it up and and, and yeah I mean he's he's bulldozing people and once he gets to the open field it looks like he's running slow but he but he's not, not. He, he's just so he, big he takes yeah. off and you know the first play of the game he actually fumbled it which led to a Colts touchdown uh, but you know the Titans came right back and scored another touchdown so it was sort of a back and forth affair uh, you know Tannehill. Uh, he's five and one now with the Titans, and Shocking. who was their last quarterback? Ben, I don't it even was know. That one guy, guy from, I think he played at Hawaii. He played at Oregon. He's a Hawaii guy or, uh... that went to Oregon. Yeah, <laughs> what's his Marcus, name again? Marcus. I can't Lattimore, remember. Marcus. He was forgotten Wheaton. so quickly by the Titans. <laughs> Like you said, Ben, before uh, the nobody podcast, nobody knows who this guy is he's anymore. He's been excommunicated, just even, like you said. I don't even think the cameras even cut to him anymore. I don't think so. They're, yeah, <laughs> it's like he's done. His, his career is not done, but he's gonna be a backup like, somewhere else. Somewhere else, yeah. yeah. But uh, you know, it, it all came down. I mean, Vinatieri, oh my God. not having a good why? season. Why? Why? Why do they have so much faith in this man? You, I mean, you were just <laughs> yeah. saying, you know, during the break. What he had one field goal blocked, one, one missed. missed. P- yeah, and then the P-A-T last one, missed. the 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 last field goal of the game was blocked. Run back for a touchdown. You know, and the, and the ensuing uh, drive, you know, Brissett throws interception. Uh, ugly, the Titans ugly. score again, and that's why it's thirty-one to seventeen. But it was pretty much a seventeen-seventeen yeah, game. I thought with I was going to lose that bet. Five minutes left in the yeah. game. Jacoby Brissett, twenty-five of forty for three hundred nineteen yards. Count it: one touchdown and subtracted two huge interceptions in the game. Naheem Hines with a touchdown in the game, as well as Jack Doyle, the off-the-line tight end for the Indianapolis Colts. But as Franny said, I mean, it all came down. Uh, to some poor play by the Indianapolis Colts, especially by Adam Vinatieri. And as he gets older, he has less loft on his kicks. He's trying to get the ball out low so it will carry further. Uh, He just doesn't have the loft and the distance on the ball that he used to, and this is going to continue to happen as long as Frank Reich throws him out there. And I'm just not sure why Frank Reich continues to have faith in someone that is clearly, clearly washed up. Even Mike Mm -hmm. Tomlin sent Boswell to the bench. Mm-hmm. That when, is true. Yeah, I mean, it, it, kickers are too important in today's game. PATs as well as these game-winning field goals, especially when you watch Justin Tucker kick a 49-yard field goal in the rain. Lead us to the next yeah, game, Yeah, I mean, my God. That's like, a nice segue. But let's, <laughs> let's uh, let, let as I said earlier in the show, let's go back to Miami Ryan Tannehill while the Steelers are looking to make a little bit of a playoff push here. Uh, yeah, thank he, you, he Ryan has. Tannehill, for, for give, making me some money this past week. <laughs> but it's time... To go back to your old ways. He's been impressive, though. Yeah. He has been impressive this season. And uh, Ben, that was a nice segue. I talking tried. about the kickers. And that's exactly what happened in the next game. The Niners and the Ravens. It was one at the end on the foot of Justin Tucker. What a great game this was to watch. Uh, San Francisco 49-17. Baltimore Ravens 20. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo with a stellar game in the torrential downpour in Baltimore. 15-21 to for 165 yards and one count it. One Touchdown. Raheem Mostert ran really, really well in this game. 19 carries for 146 yards, 7.7 yards per carry. One huge touchdown in the game. Debo Samuel, rookie. I believe, I want to say he played at uh, Clemson, but I think it might have been Alabama. Um, uh, He's really rounding into form uh, for for the San Francisco 49ers. 
But on the other side of the ball, whatever it takes to get it done, Lamar Jackson will get it done. It was a really, really interesting game from him. He didn't have uh, the kind of points uh, or the kind of yardage that you would we've come to expect from him. But 14 of 23 for 105 yards, one huge, count it, one huge touchdown on the ground as well as one touchdown through the air. Uh, Mark Andrews also followed up with a touchdown in that game. Mark Ingram. Uh, rushed admirably in the rain uh, along with uh, Gus Edwards and Justice Hill, who had one carry. But he got it done, 100 yards on the ground, 100 yards through the air, and a great, great, great game to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, Franny, what did you think about this matchup with Justin Tucker Winning closing it, it out? Yeah, um, you know, we talked about this last week, and we expected the Ravens to just, you know, come into Levi Stadium and, and actually, no, they didn't play in, in Yeah, in I lost this guy. Yeah. They were favored by six, I think. Yeah. So they didn't do it in Levi Stadium, but they did it outdoors in in Baltimore still. But we thought that the Ravens would just blow them out. I thought they would, even in the rain. Yeah, because the the way the Ravens came into this game, I mean, they've bulldozed through teams. I mean, they they murdered the Patriots. You know, they 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 they, against the Seahawks too. I mean, that was a blowout. Yeah, early as well. But you know, the the Niners defense uh, kept Lamar Jackson in check. Uh, Mustard had a great game for the Niners. I mean, on the ground through the air. Um, and it, so it was an exciting game to watch. It was definitely a defensive battle. You know, the 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 weather was not that great. I wonder how the outcome would have been if it was you know less soggy out there. Um, but it was it was it was a fun game to it watch was, for yeah, sure. It was, a lot, it was a lot of fun to watch. And and the reality is, um, I mean, this you know, I mean, it's, it's, it should have played just sort of as well into the hands of the of the Niners because they are. I mean, they they are a run first team uh, with Mostert and Breeder Breeda. And I mean, I, I think that the weather, you know, didn't play as big of a big of a role mm-hmm. as 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 folks think. But I mean, to watch Lamar Jackson, I mean, as Franny said, you know, they blew out the last three opponents and they beat the Seahawks, who are now the number one seed earlier in the year. I mean, they are going to be a tough team to beat. Yeah, I mean, this is this is potentially a preview of the upcoming Super Bowl. Potentially, potentially, these two teams could easily, yeah, not easily, but they could potentially make it. Yeah, and Garoppolo played pretty well. I mean, in the rain. He did play pretty well. Uh, he's impressed me just enough uh, to justify yeah. that trade. He also has to, I don't know, his contract was still pretty lofty for the few games that he has actually played, you know, leading up to that contract. Um, but he he still needs to elevate his level of play for the Niners to go to the Super Bowl. I'm, oh, I'm, I'm, sure. I'm not for completely sure. sold on him. The running game was great. But Jimmy GQ still needs to elevate his play a little bit, in my opinion. I agree. I agree. But Lamar Jackson is amazing. Jackson backs out into a shotgun. Jackson going to keep it. Running left. Walking in. Touchdown, Baltimore. I mean, just watching him play and the things that he's able to do on the field, it just, every week I'm impressed with this kid. Yeah. And I'm shocked that, you know, he didn't go higher in the draft. I think he was the last quarterback drafted in the first round. And it just, yeah. every week the kid impresses me. And the day gone are and, the days, and they of, picked him as sort of can't a, throw the ball. He as can a only flyer, run the ball. you know, as a flyer pick because Baltimore had a pick before they picked him, so he was the last pick in the first round. But they could have picked him earlier yeah. if they actually believed yep. in him. But they actually took somebody else. I can't remember who that was, and then they picked him. Yep. And, and it's just been a it's been Joe Flacco it's been a is huge, <laughs> Joe Flacco. It's just been a huge, and he's benched. Yeah, he's in Denver benched, yeah. for uh, for a kid that looks who got his first win. And he we'll did. talk about that. He did, yeah. Uh, but Friday, what's next up? Next up, Andy Dalton. Oh, Andy the Dalton. The Bengals and the Jets. The Bengals 
have their first win of the season. Yeah, the Jets and the Bengals. Jets 6, Cincinnati Bengals 22. The Bengals 1 and 11 on the season. The Jets 4 and 8 on the season. But to Frane's point, Andy Dalton finally gets the win. Third down against the pass protection of Bernard. It's like a two-minute segment of all the good plays that, for Frane, all the decent plays that Andy Dalton had in this game. Cincinnati first down, over 100 yards, five catches. He did have that fumble that kind of sealed their fate in the fourth quarter. Dalton, back to the pass. What a catch. Yeah. Auden Tate. Yeah, so Andy Dolan finally has a good game. Uh, leads the <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Not finally. He had quite a few good games in the first three weeks of the season, and then he was benched. Yeah, but Sam Darnold, another pretty poor performance. 28 of 48 for 239 yards and zero touchdowns, zero interceptions on the game. Le'Veon Bell with low, low 10 carries directly into the heart of the defensive line of the Bengals. 10 carries for 32 yards. It was a pretty, pretty pathetic performance all the way around by the Jets. I'm not sure what the Jets are going to do moving forward. Yeah, but they blew out the Raiders last week. Yeah, yeah. And I think we The Raiders both, are worse than we thought, I think. We, we both chose the Jets in this Yeah, game. yeah. And I mean, you're supposed it. to choose the Jets, right? I, you choose them every single well, week. I have faith in the Jets. I can't help <laughs> it. I can't help it. I don't know why I have faith in it. Maybe I think that uh, Brett Favre has come back and is playing one last season with the Jets. Uh, but Andy Dalton, 22 of 37 for 243 yards and one. Count it. One huge touchdown. Joe Mixon added a touchdown on 19 carries for 44 yards. And Tyler Boyd added a touchdown as well. But the Cincinnati Bengals finally, finally get off the schneid and get a win mm-hmm. this season. No, no, no reason to be worried about them if you play in the AFC North. <laughs> but it was nice to see Andy Dalton get his uh, get his resume uh, back in order for his uh, you know career tour that he'll be going on in the offseason to try to find himself a job. But it looks like the Bengals are going to struggle. Ryan Finley is clearly not the answer there, so they're going into the next season with a new coach that they may not be keeping in Zach Taylor and a, and a quarterback that they may not want to keep. So it could be a long, another long stretch uh, for the Cincinnati Again. Bengals Again. before they get out of the cellar. What's next up, Franny? Next up, Ben, a game that's near and dear to your heart. It was the Cleveland Browns in Pittsburgh against your Steelers. Ben. Yeah, this was a nail-biter. This, was, this game was closer than I expected it to be. I actually thought... That the that the uh, Cleveland Browns would win this game. This is one of my best bets. But we have Devlin Duck Hodges. That time, Jones to get up to the thirty-yard line. Steelers are on the move. First down from the thirty. Hodges sets the feet, floats it upstairs. It is caught. Oh, what a grab by Washington! Touchdown, Steelers! This was an amazing catch. Ronnie was actually talking about this catch before we started the podcast. Washington had to make a move, I believe, to his left to come in and haul that catch in over the back of his shoulder. This was an amazing catch and touchdown by Washington. He had another amazing catch down the the sideline in that game as well. But Devlin has found his receiver, who was actually Mason Rudolph's primary receiver when he played at Oklahoma State, which is shocking uh, (laughs) that, that the quarterback you played with for three years is not your preferred quarterback. But make Baker Mayfield with another stink, stink, stink appearance. 18 of 32 for 196 yards and count it. One touchdown, but subtract it. One yeah. interception in that gameplay. Terribly the whole way. Kareem Hunt followed up with a touchdown on the ground. But Jarvis Landry, uh, the only bright spot 
in the receiving core, six catches and 76 yards. Chubb held to 58 yards and Hunt held to 46 yards. But the story of the game, I believe, is Devlin. Duck Hodges, only 212 yards on 21 attempts, one touchdown in the game and an interception that should not count against him because rookie wide receiver, the name escapes me as we sit here, uh, Deontay Johnson stopped short on his route, uh, leading to a pretty clear and easy interception for the Browns. But Devlin Duck Hodges gets it done again. Benny Snell Jr. with 63 yards on six, 16 carries and a touchdown on the ground. But James Washington with 111 yards on four huge catches and a touchdown. The Steelers Keep their playoff hopes alive. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, you guys do, Ben. But credit to the defense. With duct tape and glue and bondo. Yeah, but but credit credit to the defense and that that move to get Minka Fitzpatrick. You were right on with that one, Ben. You said it was a good move, and it was to go first. Was it one first rounder or, or one first, a first and a third? And a first and a third. I thought it was too much, but apparently not. Yeah, I mean these guys are a takeaway machine. Joe Hayden with a pick in this game. Uh, one point one two three sacks in the game. Three or four, five sacks in the game. Uh, the defense played amazing again. Uh, and and as Franny mentioned earlier, Mike Tomlin is coaching up the defense. He's showing more life on the sideline, and he's really, I think, enjoying himself in coaching these young players. You know, Deontay Johnson, uh, Devlin Hodges, uh, Samuels, or uh, Jalen Samuels, and Benny Snell, as well as James Washington, all coming into their own in the absence of James Conner and Juju Smith-Schuster. But, I mean, a shocking result, I think. I You know, the yeah. Steelers were, I believe, two-and-a-half, three-point underdogs in the game. And for them to beat the Cleveland Browns twice this season, I think says a lot about their character and about Mike Tomlin as the head coach. Well All right, said, next man. up we have a really, really good game. What yes, is it? Yes, the Redskins and the Panthers. <laughs> We'll just skip over the Eagles. Well, I think there's a game in between there. <laughs> yeah, okay, let's talk about it. What what game is that, Franny? It was the Philadelphia Eagles losing to the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> and what happened there, Franny? I, you know what? I don't know what happened in that 31 game. 31 to 37. I don't know what happened. It, it is it is a shocking result. I mean, we talked about this last week. We were making our picks for week 13. We expected the Eagles to win this game. I'm sure everybody expected it. Miami probably also expected it, but they came out and they spanked the Eagles 37-31. The Eagles had a 10-0 lead early on. They had a 14-point lead in the third quarter. For some reason, they abandoned the run. They start chucking the ball around. They lose the game in disappointing fashion, and I just don't know. We talked about it earlier, but I don't know how you let this happen. Yeah, I mean, we we do have a little bit of audio of the Philadelphia Eagles defense. <laughs> that's exactly what it is. I mean, that's that's Jalen Mills, you know, jumping, uh, trying to cover a receiver somewhere down the field, and completely flopping and falling to the ground, and then Darby doing the exact same thing on the other side of the field. It was a disappointing, disappointing oh game by the Eagles secondary. I mean, they played they played so well against the the Patriots and against the Seahawks. So I mean, it gave me some confidence coming into this game that the defense still might have that level of play in them, but 
Fitzmagic just came out yeah. and just tossed that ball around. It seemed like wherever he threw the ball in the field, it was caught by one of his receivers, and it was embarrassing. It and was they embarrassing. had that crazy play that was it the punter to the kicker or the kicker yeah. to the punter for a touchdown? Now, that was an impressive play. It was embarrassing for the Eagles, yeah. but the play call itself was pretty impressive. And he just it out like yeah, a, he, he just yeah. flicked the ball out there. He didn't even throw, as soon as when he moved his wrist, I thought, oh, yeah. shit, this is going to fall. And that's exactly what the Eagles and the Cowboys are doing with the NFC East right now. It's like hot potato. Nobody wants this division. They're leaving it wide open and potentially, potentially, the Redskins could still win. Yeah, they could actually win the division. Yeah. And nine, they have a heartbeat. They're still alive. Yeah, they, they win in the last next four games, and you guys lose out. They're they're playing the Eagles. They're playing the Cowboys. I mean, if they win out, they could potentially make the playoffs. And it is, <laughs> I mean, this this is the uh, worst division in football that I've ever witnessed yeah, in my well, life. Well, I mean, the Seahawks when they won at seven and nine, that division was pretty it, bad. It, it was garbage, yes, yeah, but was this bad. is a, this is a dumpster fire. Oh yeah, that was trash. But this is this is on a completely different level. Oh, I my mean, God. You, you think one team is just going to take control, either the Eagles or the Cowboys, and nobody wants it, and it is embarrassing. But Ryan Fitzpatrick lit him up, twenty-seven of thirty-nine for three hundred and sixty-five yards, and count them three. Huge touchdowns in the game. One interception for Mr. Fitzpatrick. Patrick Laird with a touchdown on the ground, but Devontae Parker with a huge game. Seven receptions for 159 yards. Two huge touchdowns in the game. And Mike Gasecki followed up with a touchdown as well as Jason Sanders with a one-yard touchdown catch in the end zone. <laughs> that was awesome to watch. Carson Wentz did not play not bad. badly in this game. 28 of 46, 310 yards, three. Count them. But Touchdowns, why? One interception in the why game. Why throw the ball forty six times if your running backs are averaging you know four and a half five yards a carry and you're up by ten away, you're up by fourteen away, and you continue to still throw the ball? I mean, I know there was there was some garbage time throwing there, but they could have just yep. ran the ball, continue running it. You're running it well. Just keep on doing it, Peterson. This is like Andy Reid. Yeah, it's, it was pretty part bad. Two. Yeah, I mean, this. I think we weren't worried about climate change. The last time the yeah. Eagles had a 100-yard rusher in a game, I believe it was the last yeah. century. Uh, what, what there was, was no it? Twitter. 2019. There was no Facebook. But it was a long time ago, the last time the we Eagles had a single Nokia's. 100-yard rusher in a game. But Miles Sanders, I mean, he didn't have a terrible game, 17 of 83, uh, 4.9 yard, or 17 carries for 83 yards, 4.9 yard average. Jay Ajayi finally gets a touch in a game. Uh, for two touches for nine yards. Alshon Jeffrey with a, with a pretty good yeah, game, good nine game. catches, good 137 game. yards. Uh, he added a touchdown. Sanders added a touchdown through the air, and JJ Arcega Whiteside bust with one <laughs> touchdown, one catch, 15 yards for a touchdown. But but Franny, do you do you think this team can turn it around and get to the playoffs? The the it, Cowboys it, are trying to give only, it to you. The only, They're trying to hand it to you. But the Eagles are doing the exact same thing. You know, and it, and it is it is it is difficult to watch. I mean, it, it is so disappointing because it is being handed to them. I mean, look at look at the other divisions. Look at the Niners. The Niners are ten and two, and they're a five seed right now. You know, well, I mean, but that's because of the division. I, yeah. I I know, but I'm just saying, like, there's so many better teams out there than both the Cowboys and the Eagles. But one of those two teams will make it to the playoffs while somebody will be sitting at home with a much better record on a much better team. And, I mean, this has happened very often. You know, I'm not saying we should change the way, you know, the NFL does the playoffs. This, this you is really a very, don't like your team. This is a very rare occurrence, but I, the Eagles just give me no confidence whatsoever to believe in them, to believe in the players, to believe in the coaching staff. I'm just disgusted. Yeah, I mean, I just don't. I mean, they, they had a nice run of games to finish up the year last year. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, didn't they beat the Rams? And oh, did they beat the a Texans? Couple other, a couple other. Uh, yeah, they beat the Texans, who were also in the playoffs. They beat the Rams, who were in, you know went to the Super Bowl. And they had to to get in last year. To, to get in last year, and 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 this same year, coaching staff, right? They, I mean, they're essentially their remaining record is the easiest. I believe is the easiest in the NFL. I, you know, the 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 Redskins have three wins. The Giants have two wins. You know, and and you know the Cowboys have have six. Have six. So I mean, you know, the remaining opponents, the schedule doesn't seem that tough. But the Eagles are are just they're imploding. I mean, they're doing the exact same thing like that the Cowboys are doing. I just haven't seen anything like it. I mean, I mean, Wentz. I mean, but I still say the same thing. Wentz does not look comfortable out there. He I know we more, chucked, he had to chuck the ball around to try to get the game back. He looked more game. comfortable in this game, but the preceding two games, actually the entire season, he hasn't looked too he just comfortable. There's been a few games here and there. Looks, he look, yeah, he looks a little off. He looks a little suspect uh, here and there. Who was your but, starting running back opening this season? Um, it was it was Jordan Howard. I mean, Jordan oh, Howard, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Miles and Sanders was also. I mean, but back. it was it was also like a, a a committee, you know, sort of backfield. Um, and and there are. I mean, they they've run the ball well when they have committed to the run. They have run it well, but for some reason, they always abandon it. And, and the you have games, the, that Dallas does the same thing. And and the games that they have actually stuck to the run, they've won those games. So, yeah, and Dallas is doing the same exact thing. I, I mean, don't understand. They get away from the run. When is is Howard uh, questionable for the next game? Yeah. Uh, Aguilar, but it doesn't matter. Aguilar well, might come back. Whether, whether, Aguilar oh, might oh, be God, there I'm for excited. the next game. I'm so excited. He might be there. But but for Jordan Howard, I mean, whether he's healthy or not, you're not going to utilize the guy anyways. So I, I'm not even worried about that yeah, because Peterson's need, play a, you calling. Need, you need to get a hundred yard rush. Yeah, yeah. I mean, same thing with um, Matthew Stafford. He's like he's like. I think he has an 800 win percentage when he has a 100-yard rusher. Yeah. He just never has a 100-yard rusher in the game. Uh, like, what numbers they, are these coaches looking at? Yeah, uh-huh. I mean, it, it, because it just jumps out at you. Yeah. I mean, most quarterbacks are more successful when they have a solid running yeah. game, regardless of who the back is, yeah. that can that can get out there and put you know three digits on the board in terms mm-hmm. of yardage in a game. The quarterbacks are just much more successful. And Miles Sanders would have been there. He would have made it if they just continued to run, to run the, the ball, ball effectively. I mean, but, five touchdown drives in a row. Five oh, against the Dolphins. I mean that, that you're talking. Yeah. This is this is Chiefs versus it's embarrassing. You know, versus uh, Rams or something. Last was it last year? Year before? I mean, five touchdown drives in a row. I mean, that's the defense. I'm literally even, scratching my head right now. Should not even be allowed yeah. to get on the plane. Yeah, and I, they should have walked home. Yeah, I did have that petition. Have petition. I did have that petition. Uh, you know, I posted on Facebook and you posted on Twitter. There was a petition to have these guys walk. Home and they should have. Yeah, that was a terrible performance. What's next up, Ronnie? Sorry about that one. It is um, the next winner of the NFC East, the Redskins, <laughs> and the Panthers. Next year, the Redskins uh, pulled off the win, at 29-21. This was a shocker. Haskins, yeah, it was a shock. It actually was a shock. That's shocker, a firing Haskins, offense. Yeah, it is, and it it, it should have been for the. For the Miami game too. Can you imagine but, if they fired Doug Peterson after that Miami? That, that's that's okay. He, he, he's he he won a Super Bowl. Yeah, but I mean, lots of people have won Super Bowls. Yeah, I know, but lots I, you, you just people. can't you can't you know fire him you know after you know less than two seasons after that would have been some shocking winning. shit. Though, that that, like, that would have been that would have been pretty shocking. I I, I wouldn't. Sounds I wouldn't like how, it would. I'm not sure how I would feel about that, especially after these performances uh, from the Eagles this year. But um, Redskins Panthers Redskins twenty nine twenty one. I didn't really pay much attention to this one nah, because there's I not mean, much Haskins, to pay attention to. 13 to 25, 147 yards, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions. Mm-hmm. Uh, Darius Geis with two touchdowns on the ground. Adrian Peterson still churning out 99 yards and a touchdown in the game. But the but the the big story here is that it led to 
Ron Rivera's ouster mm-hmm. from the Carolina Panthers. Kyle Allen with not a particularly great game, but not, you know, 27 to 46 for 278 yards. Count them. Two touchdowns and don't count it. One interception. Christian McCaffrey with the worst game of the season, I think, thus far. 14 carries and 44 yards. DJ Moore followed up with a touchdown. Kyle Allen with a touchdown. And uh, Curtis Samuel with a touchdown in the game. But the big story is that two teams going in the one team going in sort of in the right direction and one team definitely going in the wrong direction. Uh, head coach canned, and we'll see where the Carolina Panthers go next. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What's next up? Next up, man, we got the Packers and the Giants. It wasn't even close. 31-13 to 13 for the Packers. Yeah, Franny's beloved Aaron Rodgers in this game. I come back from the week before. 21 of 33 for 243 yards and four, count them, four touchdowns in this game, all coming through the air. One to Devontae Adams, one to Alan Lazard, and one to Mercedes Lewis in the game. Uh, but I think Daniel Jones is finding his way to the bench, and Eli Manning will start the next game. 20 of 37 for 240 yards. Count it, one touchdown, and subtract it three. Three interceptions mm-hmm. to a terrible Green Bay Packer defense in this game. Uh, not much to say about it. Giants sitting at two and ten. Yeah. Green Bay Packers for some odd reason. Shermer I cannot explain. Or nine and might three. Also, oh, he's definitely got to get fired. Right. The problem yeah. is that the, the culture at, with the Giants and the ownership group there is this is how they run the team. And I don't know that if they bring someone else in, they're going to run the team any differently. Any differently. They just cut lightning in a bottle against the Patriots twice with the squad that they had. Uh, you know, Saquon well, Bar- coach, Saquon too. Barkley. At that time, you know, yeah. I mean, I, I like Tom Coughlin. I mean, so I wouldn't I. want him as school. my boss. Little, little, little task mastery. Yeah, <laughs> uh, a little bit down in the weeds, probably. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's pretty sad. Uh, but Matt Lafleur gets the win. Yeah, and he, he's had a pretty impressive season for a rookie uh, coach. I don't know how they're nine and three. They are, <laughs> and it is. Gonna, they are. When I watch them play, I'm like, "How is this team nine and three? Yeah. Well, when Aaron Rodgers is your quarterback, I mean, you always have the chance. To You're win beloved. Again. Yes, yes, I know. He's the best I've ever seen. What's next up? Uh, it is the Bucks and the Jags. Ben, the Buccaneers winning twenty eight to eleven. I think we both chose the Bucks last week to win this game. I didn't. We didn't expect much from Foles. He didn't do much. Got benched in favor of Minchu. Yeah, and how? I mean, you have to be a terrible team if you cannot turn Jameis Winston over. Zero turnovers. Oh, yeah, he had no turnovers. No turnovers I in this game. Did he fumble? Nope. He didn't. Fumble. He did not fumble, and he did not throw an interception in oh this my game. God. And your defense has to be just horrific to not turn Jameis Winston over. I'm shocked. Jameis Winston, 21 of 33 for 268 yards, zero touchdowns, and zero interceptions. Wow. Peyton Barber, 17 carries Are for 44 sure? yards. Yeah. Are that, yeah. Is there a glitch? No, no, no glitch. No <laughs> oh. no turnovers. Oh, wow. No turnovers for Jameis Winston. Uh, and as Bruce Arians said at the end of the game, you know, he he has his you know belief in Jameis Winston. My glass is full as hell. And it's going <laughs> to get real full in a minute. I love me some Bruce Arians. No, Jameis Jam- Winston could be a good quarterback in this league if he does not turn the ball over. But he is a turnover machine. If if, if he could keep it to maybe not one, the Jaguars. maybe two. <laughs> but you know, there are games where he has three and four yeah. or five. You know, I mean, but it, 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 he, you know, he came into the league at the same time that Mariota came to the league. I expected Mariota to have a better career than him, but he's proven me wrong. And um you know the Buccaneers are 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 trending in the right direction. They're 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 definitely what they're five and seven right now, just like the Eagles are. Yeah. <laughs> so they're yeah. they're right about there. But and then they've lost 
you know, a, a couple of close games this season too. Um, be, be, because yeah, because they of, played well most of the year. Yeah, most of the year they have they have played pretty well, and and you know if they can you know kind of take care of the turnover problem um, with with Jameis, you know, next year they could you know battle for that division. I agree. I mean, I I like the way the Bucks play. I mean, I do like the way that they play. I like Bruce Arians. I like Bruce Arians. Bruce. Uh, and I and I like their receiving core, and they have a decent, decent running attack as well. Their defense is coming together. I think the Bucks. I agree with Friday. The Bucks can challenge for that division next year. Uh, but Nick Foles, mm. seven of 14, 93 yards, no touchdowns, one interception in the game. I thought he threw two, uh, but I think they turned the ball over. I think he fumbled it twice. Uh, twice, two fumbles uh. and one pick. Uh, Gardner Minshew came in to not save the day, sixteen of twenty-seven for one hundred forty-seven yards, one touchdown. Count it. And one interception, subtract it. Uh, but D.D. Westbrook followed up with a touchdown in the game. And zero uh, turnovers for the defense. That was a pre- I mean, that's just a pretty shocking line right there. I, I, I don't know that that's happened since the first game of the season, holding Jameis Winston to zero turnovers in the game. Friday, what's next up? Next up, Ben, we got the Rams and the Cardinals. The Rams winning 34-7 to in Arizona. The on again, off again Rams. I mean, they 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 look like shit, and then they turn it around yeah. and look great. And we both chose the Cardinals last week. I just didn't think the the Rams had it in them. No, but, I didn't. The Cardinals been playing pretty well. Yeah, they, I mean, decent. They've been playing decent football, uh, and the Rams just weren't. But uh, you know, you can't deny Sean uh, Sean McVay. I mean, he, he is he's still a good coach. But I mean, you know, obviously the way this year has gone. It's been disappointing. It was one of those disappointing teams that I named uh, that I mentioned earlier, um, but they they blew out the Cardinals. It was not even close. And uh, Jared Goff had himself a pretty good game. Yeah, thirty two of forty three for four hundred and twenty four yards and two huge touchdowns in this game. Todd Gurley had a pretty good game. Nineteen carries for ninety five yards and a touchdown. Uh, Tyler Higby rolled up a touchdown. Cooper Cup rolled up a touchdown as well. Uh, Blake Bortles came in in mop-up duty, one of two for three yards in the game. But the Cardinals, essentially a peanut butter jelly sandwich on pumpernickel bread. It's a shit bread. Oh, some sweet stuff in the middle. And then shit at the end (laughs) again. So the Cardinals started out like crap. They had a little nice little niche in the middle of the season where they look good, and now they look like garbage again. Kyler Murray, 19 of 34 for 163 yards, no touchdowns in the game, and one huge interception. Kyler Murray followed up with a touchdown on the ground because he can't get one in the air no matter how hard he might try this season. Uh, yeah, just a pathetic performance by the by the, the Arizona, Arizona Cardinals in this game, and I don't know that their head coach, Cliff Kingsbury, has pulled it all together no, quite yet. But he, he'll get a chance uh, next season. You know, I don't think they're going to... You know, fire him. Um, they're 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 gonna they're gonna allow him to play it out. I mean, this is a, a young team uh, with with a brand new quarterback, and so they're gonna give him some time to figure it out before three, they eight and one cut him loose. Friday, what's next up? Close game next up. Yeah, very close game. <laughs> the Raiders. I might have even chose the Raiders <laughs> in this game. Uh, I don't. I think yeah. we might have both chosen the the Chiefs in this. Yeah, one. But I, I think so. I, I think, think so. so. But you know, the Raiders getting blown out by the Chiefs. Not shocking that they lost. It was shocking that they lost forty to nine. Forty to nine. No touchdowns in the game for Derek Carr. Twenty of thirty for two hundred twenty yards. One huge touchdown in the game. Sorry, they had one touchdown in the game. Two picks again. Subtract those two picks in the game. But 
Patrick Mahomes, who is going unheralded <laughs> this year because of the play of Lamar Jackson. But he, again, is putting together a pretty good season. 15 of 29 for 175 yards and a TD. Count it. One huge touchdown in the game. Somehow they get to 40 points with Patrick Mahomes throwing only one touchdown. Darwin Thompson on the ground for a touchdown. Patrick Mahomes on the ground for a touchdown. Darrell Williams, or sorry, LaShawn McCoy blast from the pass with a touchdown yep. in this game. But they just manhandled the Raiders. It was pretty easy. And I'm, I'm actually kind of shocked. Another pumpernickel and peanut butter and jelly sandwich for, <laughs> what? for the Raiders. They started out like crap. They had a nice little run in the middle, yeah. and he just put crap right on top of the sandwich. That's right. And uh, I think they're 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 pretty much done. They're are done. done for the season. Next up, Ben, the Chargers and the Broncos. The Chargers doing it again, how, losing how in spectacular. How, how is this possible? Spectacular fashion. How Once again, is the, they're and, just good at it. And, I mean, you know, they're, that's their skill. And it's on national television, I think, every week because it's. It, I think the only reason I was watching this game is because they cut away to the game I, that had I, just ended. I almost stopped watching. And I was going to say, well, let me watch this. This close. It, I mean, to give up a pass interference, to, to commit pass interference and on a play. It was obvious. It wasn't it like was one of those ticky tack ones. And, and field goal range in a tie game. I mean, what more can happen? You to feel this team? so bad. What for more can three, happen to this team? Those three Chargers fans. They're four and eight. Denver Broncos yeah. also another four disappointing. And eight. But Philip Rivers twenty of twenty nine, two hundred sixty five yards, two count them, two touchdowns in a game and one interception. Drew Locke eighteen of twenty eight. The young man gets his first win that he shouldn't have gotten, but mm-hmm. eighteen to twenty eight for one hundred thirty four yards, two count them, two touchdowns and a pick in the game. But finally, that was. I didn't even believe it when I saw it. Yeah, I, I didn't even know because I'm, I'm the game is oh, on. Oh, you have to kneel. The announcer's yeah. oh yeah, you definitely have to kneel here. You why would you? You have to kneel. The game is on and in front of me, and the, I'm just I'm just kind of you know looking at my phone, you know, as you have the game playing in the background. I'm sure all of us do that. I'm just not even paying attention to what the hell's going on. And all of a sudden, I see the Broncos line up for a field goal. How the hell did they get? How did they get into that 40, position? I think it was a forty yard pass interference call. Yeah. Brandon McManus comes in and hits the fifty three yard field goal. To end the game. Yeah. I mean, what more can happen to this oh, pathetic tune in next charger? Week. <laughs> I mean, they lose these games. I mean, Phillip Rivers on the sideline has just got to be I beside mean, himself. Yeah, it's not worth watching Chargers games except for that. You're just waiting yeah. for them to implode right at the end. That's what makes it exciting. I mean, when I saw the pass interference, I thought, how? how? <laughs> like, how? How do you do that? I just he did it. He, he did definitely it. did it. <laughs> next up. Next up, the Patriots played another good team. And they lost 28-22 in Houston to the Texans. Ah, this was a beautiful thing to watch. Twenty, And it wasn't as close as the no, score. No, no, yeah. That is true. As the score might imply. Uh, Tom Brady, 24 of 47. Well, actually, he was 24 of 47 in passing attempts. He was one for one, five for five in complaining on the sideline <laughs> attempts. He was five. He was 1,000 for complaining on the sideline. 24 of 47 for 326 yards. Three. Count them. Three huge touchdowns in the game. One pick in the game, but the touchdown came too little, too late. Julian Julian Edelman <laughs> was double covered all game long. The Texans have found the secret recipe to beat the New England Patriots, and that's to double cover Edelman all game long. No one else could get anything going except for James White with eight catches and 98 yards. Two huge touchdowns in the game. Again, one in garbage time. This was a pretty, pretty masterful uh, dissection 
of the New England Patriots. Watson, 18 of 25. Deshaun Watson for 234 yards and count them. Three touchdowns in the game. DeAndre Hopkins with a play that they drew up on a piece of paper <laughs> that he brought to uh, Bill O'Brien and said, let's run that play. It's been around a while, but I guess Hopkins and, and Deshaun Watson drew this play up themselves, convinced O'Brien to put it in there. So Hopkins, with a with a little bit of a trickeration, a pass or a, a, a flip, and then a pass to to Watson at the end zone. But Duke Johnson again with a good game, nine yard, nine carries for thirty six yards. Uh, Carlos Hyde ten carries for seventeen yards. Not a particularly stellar performance there. But Kenny Stills with a touchdown. Duke Johnson with a touchdown. Darren Fells with a touchdown. Deshaun Watson with a touchdown. Uh, Franny, what do you think? Are the Patriots done? It seems like it. You know, but then again, it seems like we talk about this every season. Is Tom Brady getting too old? Is, is you know, Belichick on his way out um, after 20 years of dominating the AFC or pretty close to 20 years now? Feels like it if you're a Steeler fan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it is just about two decades. <laughs> it feels like it. Two decades. Um, but, you know, it, it, it seems like they've struggled against the good teams this year. I mean, obviously, you can beat the Dolphins. You can beat the Jets. You know, it was a struggle even against the the Buffalo Bills. I mean, that was a very yep. close game. That was, what, a three- or four-point victory right there. Um, but every time they've come up against a team that is talented, they have lost. And that was, that's been twice this year uh, so far. And they haven't proven to me that, you know, if they do and well, actually they will make it to the playoffs, I don't think they're going to go very far. You know, I mean, yeah, the, I think it might be done. I, I think, yeah, I mean, I the know... Texans are better. You know, the, the Ravens are definitely better. better. The Kansas City Chiefs could be better. Could potentially beat them as well. So, I mean, it, just can't be close at the end. It, yeah. If Andy yeah, Reid is coaching. Yeah, exactly. It just needed to be a blowout at the end. Exactly. And, 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 and the way they have been playing, this was a blowout. Like you said, it, you know, it's 28 22. I mean, they went for the onside kick, tried to get that, but it wasn't even that close. No. I mean, this was over in the first half. Yep. Pretty much when you texted me and you said, "Hey, it's over," and I said, "I don't know, Ben," but it, but, it, but it was. But they just continued. I mean, they continued to, to to pile on the points in that game. The Texans just dominated them mm-hmm. in every facet of the game, with the exception of potentially special teams. Yeah, I mean, I, they've buried the Patriots before. We've all buried the Patriots before, but I think the lack of offensive talent on this team, uh, double teaming Edelman, proved to be too much for Brady to overcome. I know that he. You know, was able to get the ball out to White a little bit, but it's it it looks like they just are not going to have an answer on offense. And when they go up against teams like like Baltimore or Kansas City, whose offenses will not be stopped no matter how good your defense is, I I agree with Franny. I think the Patriots may be they may be out in the first round if they don't end up with a bye. If they end up with a bye, they might lose their first uh, their mm-hmm. first round game. Mm-hmm. I believe so. All right, Franny, what's next up? Exciting game. Next up, always, always exciting. It shouldn't have been. It shouldn't have been, and that's how it goes with Seahawks games. The Seahawks pulling out the victory, pulling it out at the end, 37 to 30. Why does it have to be like this? It just has to be. It's it's fun. It's must-watch football. These are Sonya's Seahawks. Uh, Unfortunately, she's not here to talk about the game tonight, but I'm sure she probably didn't watch most of the game because she she can't. I mean, it's difficult to watch these games because they're always nail biters and they shouldn't be. When the Vikings put up the points in the second quarter, I mean, she she essentially ran away. Yeah. Uh, But I mean, it was this game should not have been this close. Uh, It was what, 17 to 10 at halftime. Uh, The Vikings were up, but the Seahawks come back and score 17 unanswered points in the third quarter. 
And for some strange reason, they let the Minnesota Vikings score another 13 points in the fourth mm-hmm. quarter. Uh, I think that the Vikings, uh, I don't want to say this, but Kirk Cousins played really, really well oh, in this whoa, game. Wait, he played wait. really well in this game. Wait. In a big game. This is coming from Ben? Yeah, he did. He played well. He played well on a, on a, on a big game, on a big stage. I think this was a Monday night game, right? You're giving props. Uh, I have to. to Kirk, I have to. He he he. To Kirk motherfucking cousins against any other quarterback. Kirk motherfucking cousins would have won this game against probably any other quarterback in the league. I think the Vikings probably win this game. Yeah. Uh, cousins, twenty-two of thirty-eight, pretty efficient. Two hundred seventy-six yards, two count them touchdowns in the game, and one interception, one unfortunate interception in the game. Uh, but had Dalvin Cook not gotten hurt mm-hmm. in this game early on, I think that that Cousins would have led this team. Possibly. To a victory, possibly. I mean, I, I don't want to say that because Sonia will. Well, she'll never listen yeah. to but, this. But the she'll never listen to this. Yeah. But I, I think they, the Vikings yeah. would have won that game. Exactly. Sonia records them, but she never listens to the podcast back. Um, but you know, the, the, but the Seahawks, if they already have a team on the ropes, they just have to put them away, and they that's just, been an issue for it's, years. Uh, I don't know for why. Years. I'm not sure what it is. Seventeen points in the third quarter, yeah. they give up. Yeah. And, and, but it seems like weekly. I mean, they could be up by twenty points, but you're going to continue to watch the game because the Seahawks will allow the other team to come back and it'll make an exciting game. And it's exciting for me and Ben. I mean, you know, we obviously we root for the Seahawks because Sonya is such a huge fan of the Seahawks and that's why I watch them. But, I mean, I'm sure other fans out there of other teams watch them only because it's so exciting when they play. I mean, it seems like every single game comes down to the end. Yeah, and it doesn't, I mean, but it, it doesn't have to, it, it doesn't, doesn't have to be that Carol, way. It doesn't have to be this way. Uh, <laughs> Russell Wilson, 21 of 31 for 240 yards. Count it, one or two touchdowns. And one interception in the game. Russell Wilson did not play particularly well mm-hmm. in this game. Uh, but Chris Carson, 102 yards on the ground and a huge touchdown. Rashad Penny with another 74 yeah. yards He played on the well. Last two weeks, he's Penny's been very been, good. Yeah. Heading into the playoffs, that's a good sign. Having Penny and, and Carson both playing really well, I think, is a huge Except huge Carson, signs. no more fumbling. Yeah, no more, no more fumbling. No more fumbling. Uh, DK Metcalf, again, with 75 yards and on six catches. He did fumble. Yeah, I mean, I don't... He's way too big and way too strong uh, to be fumbling the ball the way that he is, especially in big games mm-hmm. like this. The one that he fumbled, I think, earlier in the season was down at the five-yard line, yeah. give or take. He was fighting for some more yards. and Yeah, just go down. Yeah. Just go down. I mean, I mean, it's just learning. I mean, it's still a rookie. Yeah, Juju yeah. Smith-Schuster did the same thing last year. But he's also performing at a level that I thought he wouldn't be at in his rookie season. I mean, I, you know, obviously he's he's big, he's strong. Um, he had some issues with his route running, but he has looked terrific this year. For a rookie, he's looked really good. Yeah. Why y'all wait to fumble, man? <laughs> because you fumble too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe everybody else thought he would fumble too much. But yeah, he had a, he had another nice game. Uh, David Moore with a touchdown in the game. Rashad Penny with a touchdown through the air as well. But, but yeah, Wilson did not play great in no. this game. But they won. But they, they did won. win the game. They moved to ten and two with the Vikings at eight and four. Mm-hmm. Uh, looks like the Vikings could potentially challenge the Packers for yeah. that division. Uh, They're a dangerous once, team. They're once dangerous they got, team. And, and I have to say it. I mean, I know. You know, I want to be truthful. I don't want to just you know give opinions and not facts. I, Cousins played really, really well, Thank and you. I was impressed. Thank you. I was <laughs> impressed with his poise and performance in this game. And I think against any other team. And, you know, he probably would have got the mm. win if, even against the Seahawks, if Dalvin Cook had stayed healthy, I think yeah. they would have got the win in this game. But there's another fun game. Yes. What's next up? <laughs> it is the Cowboys versus the Bears. The Bears winning 31 to 24. And that scoreline is closer 
than it should yeah, have been. Yeah, they too. blew them out. Yeah, it, they it, it, blew them out. You know, the, the the Cowboys scored the first touchdown of the game. It was seven nothing, and I think uh, the Bears rattled off twenty four after that. And yep. It was twenty four seven at one point, and it wasn't even that close. That final score line is not close to the way the game actually was played out on the field. No, Dak Prescott, 27 of 50, well, 27 of 49, for <laughs> 334 yards, one, count it, one touchdown. Elliott with two touchdowns on the ground on 81 yards. Amari Cooper with a touchdown in the game, but the story of the night was Mitchell, don't call me Mitch, Trubisky, mm-hmm. 23 of 31 for 244 yards, three, count them, three touchdowns, and one subtracted, one interception, Trubisky, fleet of foot, 10 carries, added 63 yards on the ground. David Montgomery with 86 yards. Uh, and Allen Robinson out of nowhere with five catches for and two touchdowns in the game. Anthony Miller with a touchdown in the game. But Trubisky and the Nagy crew tear yeah. apart Jason Garrett, Chris Richard, and, and I, I the chose, offense. You chose the Bears. I chose the Cowboys. It's, it's I, cho- I, I choose the Bears. You chose the Bears because you were surprised that I chose the Cowboys. Well, I mean, they should have won the game, right? But they are imploding something. I, I, I didn't and think all they were of the drama, all yeah. the Steinbrenner drama. I didn't think, that's going on around this team. But the Bears also were were kind of falling apart too. I mean, it, it's been a difficult season for the Bears and their fans. Uh, but I give credit to Matt Nagy and sticking with Trubisky. You know, he stuck with Trubisky. He he's been and he played amazing in his the game. last two. Games. I mean, I mean, the he last... was moving around like a like a young Troy Aikman yeah. out there. I mean, the last two games he's been very good. It's hard to say that Trubisky has actually played well as a quarterback. I mean, you know, as as a running back. I mean, obviously had some some good yardage on on the ground too. But as a quarterback, <laughs> I'm pretty had, shocked. Had Lamar Jackson by by had to show him the way he's played the last couple of games. I'm I'm surprised. Yeah, I'm surprised. Surprised. I can't believe guys. <laughs> Uh, but the count, I mean, all the drama, it's like a toxic stew of Jerry Jones yeah. <laughs> and the fans and the ex players. I mean, it really is a toxic stew around this team, around yep. Jason Garrett and that coaching staff. And I don't think Chris Richard is a particularly bad coach. I don't even think Jason Garrett is a particularly bad coach. I put it on Jerry Jones and his inability to just step back and let the people that know how to run a football team mm-hmm. run a football team because mm-hmm. you have that much talent on the team. There's something else going on because Jason Garrett hasn't performed this poorly before. Yeah, he, he did, they did Yeah, to, he has. They he did go to the playoffs. Has. Didn't they go to the playoffs they last year? They went last year. They went last year. They've been a few times. Did they I mean, win a game know, last year in the playoffs? They beat the Seahawks last year, they, but that's because the Seahawks shot themselves in the foot. But that's what the Seahawks do. There just wasn't enough time on the clock <laughs> to come back. But I mean, he just has not been a good coach. He should have been fired years ago. I'm, you know, a lot of Cowboys fans out there know this. Uh, Jera just, you know, hasn't he hasn't noticed it until now. And he for says, some reason, he says Jason Garrett will be coaching in the NFL next year. Somewhere, that's what he said. Now, he I mean, will be somewhere. But can you imagine saying that? I don't like, know who would hire him, but you know, I mean, I, I walk into work on Monday, right? And my boss says, "Ben, you will be working here at this company." Somewhere next year. But you know you have job security if you know. <laughs> it's like But I mean it's essentially saying like we're gonna let you go from this particular position. Yeah. I don't know where you're gonna go. Uh but I mean can you imagine yeah, but, if your I boss mean, if your boss said that to you? Well you'll you'll have a job next year, Franny, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially we're gonna fire but, you, you know, but you'll have a job. The post game press conference, I mean, you know, Garrett looked like a defeated man. You know. And and it, it, it's sad that you're looking that way because you're still first place in the division. I mean, you're number one right now. Oh, as as bad as you have been, 
you shouldn't go on TV and look like you're finished, like you're you're just completely depleted. You can't go any further. I mean, you're 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 not done. As, I don't. As, I don't disagree. Uh, I just I think well, I want to see the tell-all book come out because to me he looks like a man who isn't getting the ingredients to cook dinner. He's being asked to cook dinner, but someone's standing over his shoulder telling him how to cook it and what to put it, in the I, I understand. I understand. But, I mean, you know, Amari Cooper was brought in. Their offensive line. But he's overrated, too, has, I think. He's, he's, well, he's been good with the Cowboys. He was he had a nice stretch last year, but this year. Yeah, he, no, he did, the, early, okay. the early part of the season, um, up until these last couple of weeks, he's been pretty good. He's been pretty good. But, I mean, you know, you have, you have Zeke. You have Dak, who has performed well. Um, the offensive line is still one of the top offensive lines in the league. So, you know, for Jerry, he has put a pretty decent team together. I mean, look at the Steelers at 7-5. and five Yeah, throw Mike Tomlin on the right Cowboys now. and see what their record is. I mean, they were 0-3 to start the season. I don't disagree season. with that. If you, He's 7-5 he, and five right now. The Cowboys have better players than the but Steelers. But you don't hear Art Rooney II marching up and down the sideline, no. giving press conferences, talking about his coaches, talking about who's going to have a job, who's not going to have a job. Who brings in what players? What players should be performing at what level? Whether yeah. we should be running the ball more or not running the ball more? But I think I think with Jerry, this is the he best just can't team. Shut his mouth. This is the be- and that's true. But this is the best team that he's put together in the last you know twenty years. Yeah, and it's and it's pretty. And I just think that that and I get it. I get it. I think I said it last week. I get it when you own the team, you feel like you want that control. You want to micromanage. You want to tell people what to do at every second mm-hmm. of the because you put billions of dollars of your own money into this team. And notwithstanding the fact that he makes billions of dollars yeah. <laughs> or hundreds of millions of dollars, uh, you know, I just think he's too. It's one thing to yeah. be too. See, Dan Snyder is just completely incompetent and couldn't care less what happens to his team. Mm-hmm. But Jerry really cares. But sometimes when you care too much, yeah. you 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 dilute yourself into believing that you know more about the thing that you're doing than you do. Yeah, I mean, he's an owner, but he's not a football mind. And, no. and and no, he's like Al Davis. He believes he is, and you know they've and both have had success. Yeah, I mean to me, they, he's just like Al Davis. Yeah, you know he thinks he knows everything. He, you know he wants to make decisions about the day to day, about game planning, and he's got no idea what he's doing. Yeah, just because you were a player doesn't mean that you know how to run a football team. Yep. All right, Friday. What's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board. I'm just I'm I'm, I'm making sure that I don't get this wrong this time. <laughs> it is <laughs> it is our shout outs to is it shout out or shout out shout out this shout week. out yeah, yeah, this yeah. week to our fellow podcast so our independent NFL and other uh similar types of podcasts out there uh, we try to give a shout out to at least one podcast every week that shows love for our podcast as well as a podcast that at least I listen to because Franny doesn't listen to as many podcasts as I do none <laughs> But, I, but uh, I don't even listen to our own. Yeah, yeah. He listens, yeah. I, have to, I have to like tie him down uh, out here in our outdoor <laughs> studio to get to force him to listen to at least much an at hour, least, at least three quarters of our yeah. podcast. Not even three quarters. Um, <laughs> so yeah, this is a shout out to the Football History Dude podcast. This is a show dedicated to teaching NFL fans about the rich history of the game we all know and love. The host. Arnie Chapman is just a regular dude that loves football and is a nerd when it comes to learning about history. The show covers the history of rule changes, major development, union negotiations, and much, much more. If you love football, history, and a little sprinkle of humor from the land of the dorks, then we believe this show is for you. You can find them on Apple Podcasts. Look for the link in the show notes, and you can find them on Twitter at FHDude. This is a really, really unique podcast uh he does 
historical perspectives and he teaches you about all of the developments that have sort of taken place over the NFL for the last 100 plus years. I mean, it's really an interesting show. I mean, we do, you know, a lot of shows do, you know, re- game recaps like we do. Uh, but this is a really, really different type of show. He has interviews. He has segments about all of the things that I just mentioned. I mean, it's a really, really good show. And I, I encourage everyone out there to check it out. All right, Friday Woods, next up on the big board. Next up on the big board, Ben, we have our week 14 picks. All right, folks, hold tight, everybody. We'll be right back with our week 14 picks. All right, and we are back, and uh, it is our picks for week 14. I'm actually just pulling them up right now on my phone. Uh, put it down for a second. So we talked about the Cowboys and the Bears. That was uh, the first game of week 14. And, um, you know, we have some shots on the table, Ben. We haven't taken any shots this week. Yeah, explain to people why... We take shots on the show, other than it's, just for pleasure. Well, it's sort of, exactly. It's sort of a drinking game that uh, I'm not sure. I think Ben may have come up with this one, or, or maybe Sonya did. I can't remember exactly who came up with it. But, um, you know, months You guys back, did because you got tired of hearing about Antonio Brown. That's exactly what it was. So, um, like, is it on the agenda again? Again. It was always Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, some sort of complaint that Ben had with the Steelers and those players. But we've sort of expanded uh, the rules of this drinking game. Um, so if Ben says anything negative about those players or any team in his division, he takes a shot. If Sonia says anything negative about any team in the NFC West, um, which he never has and probably never will, she takes a shot. And if I say anything about the fucking Cowboys, oh, well, fuck. <laughs> the <laughs> about, fucking Cowboys. If I say anything about the Cowboys, if I say anything negative about any team in my division, then I take a shot. Yes. But I've been saying a lot of negative things about my own team. Yes, you have. You should. We should well, they are in the NFC East. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's yeah, true. This is, this is what I heard. I had Antonio Brown on the agenda probably 15 or 16 or 17 shows in a row, and this was from him. <laughs> That's what I heard every single week about talking about Antonio Brown or Le'Veon Bell having sex with two women in his house and getting all of his jewelry stolen. Uh, poor guy. Well, he's well. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember that nine one one call. Like, what are you? What, what were they wearing? Naked. <laughs> and what was the other one wearing? Also naked. <laughs> but Friday, what's the first game up? Uh, the first game up, Ben. We have the Colts and the Bucks. <sighs> In the, Tampa Bay, I think the Colts are probably cooked. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I, I think so. I agree with you. I mean, they had they had a little. I mean, if they had won the game last week, they would still have a I chance. They still have. I mean, a they chance. technically still have an outside chance, but you know, it's. I don't think they're going to make it to the playoffs. Um, but I also see. Uh, sounds like you're going to choose the the Bucks, Ben. I think the I Bucks. Uh, you know, they've been playing well uh, down the stretch. Um, you know, if Jameis Winston can take care of the football. Um, you know, then you know they they could win every single week with the way their defense has also been playing. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm gonna take the Bucks in this game. I think uh, they got to get over their kicking problems. In, you know, in uh, Indianapolis, and I, I just think that the team knows at six and six, sitting behind the Steelers as well as the Titans, it's probably a tough row to hoe there. Uh, so I'm gonna take the Bucks. <laughs> All right. I'm gonna take the Bucks. I'm gonna take the Bucks. Jacoby Brissett uh, still playing pretty well, but without T.Y. Hilton. 
one of his primary targets in the game. It's been a little bit of a struggle. And, and Mack, too, I think. He's not, he's not in the game. Yeah, either. Marlon Mack. Yeah. I think Marlon Mack is questionable I, yeah. coming in to this game. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's going to be it's gonna be tough for the Colts. So I'm going to take yeah. the Bucs in this one. All right, next up, Ben, we got the Ravens and the Bills. Our adopted team, the Buffalo Bills, going up against one of your division rivals, the Ravens. And they're playing in Buffalo. Yeah, I mean, they're playing in Buffalo. Uh... Ooh, I think I want to take the Bills in this game. I, I can't believe I'm saying that I out loud. I want to. Uh, but I think the Bills at home I want to. <laughs> can beat the Ravens. They are at full strength. That uh, Josh Allen is playing well. Um, the um, okay, McDermott is coaching this team, I mean, at a really really high level. Uh, John and Josh Allen is not getting enough respect with the way he runs the ball. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, he has more... And he's more, a big, bulky quarterback. I too. think he has more yards on the ground than Lamar Jackson, actually. Oh, that's look, true. That's an interesting he just little factoid. He doesn't look as fancy. I mean, you know, Jackson, he's had some nifty moves. Out. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he... I mean, he you know, twi- he's twisted some ankles this season. Yeah. Whereas, you know, Josh Allen's more of a straightforward run into you, jump over you, hurdle over you kind of guy. Um, but yeah, not, not enough people talk about that, but I believe that is the stat. But uh, yeah, I just, I think the Ravens are going to, you know, going to uh, Buffalo and it won't be an easy game. I can see them possibly winning by 10, though. I, I don't think this was in my best bets of the week. I think it's a six point spread in this game in favor of the Ravens, but I think the Bills are going to win this game. Outright. I think this is do it's not do or die because the, the Bills are going to the playoffs. But I think this is a statement game uh for McDermott and company. Am I getting that coach's name right? It's McDermott, right? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Uh I think this is a statement game for the Bills and all of their players. I think their receivers are playing a lot better. I think their running game is, you know, not what it could be, but it it is it is uh pulling it together. And this defense is playing lights out right now, and I think the Bills are gonna win this game outright. Mm, all right. Next up, Ben. Brian looks at me like I'm full of shit. No. Oh, the next game. No, this is a a division matchup here. Yeah, but not much. I mean, it's the Lions and the Vikings. The Lions are completely cooked. They're done for the year. The Vikings are playing well. Could have possibly beaten the Seahawks. They're playing in Minnesota. I see the Vikings moving to 9-4 and on the season. Yeah, I mean, uh, Detroit with, uh, I can't remember his name. I can't remember his name. Blue. I think it's Blue. Blue. Uh, Playing for them in this game. Uh, Kirk Cousins coming off a, a performance. He's actually playing better now, I think, than he was playing earlier in the season. And I think the Vikings are going to win this game probably pretty handily, especially at home without any mm-hmm. inclement weather or any possibility that there will be um, dampness on the yeah, field. I'm I don't gonna, think it's going to be close. Not even close. Next up, we got the Redskins and the Packers. I think the Packers will win this one uh, in similar fashion the way they beat the Giants. I think it's probably be like one of those 31 to 13 games again. Yeah, I'm not sure. And they're this, playing in yeah, Lambeau. They're playing in Lambeau. You know, Dwayne Haskins, you know, you had a nice little run there. I think they won two or three games Took in a row. Nice two games in a row. On the sideline. Uh, but this is, it comes to an end in Green Bay tomorrow. Yeah. I think this is going to be a blowout. Yeah. And their uh, playoff aspirations. <laughs> Which they well, still they do still have. have them. I mean, they if still, they beat the Packers, I would, yeah. I would, I would put them as the front runner in that division. Yeah, well, yeah, if exactly. they beat the Packers, they played better the last two if weeks than, the than both the the Eagles and uh, the Cowboys. But I, I, I think the the Packers will come put on, that, Bill Callahan, do it, do it, do it. I mean, hey, I, if they do, I'd be happy for them. Uh, what's next up, Friday? 
It is the Broncos and the Texans. Ooh, the Drew Locke in. trying to get his second win in a row. It won't happen. Uh, yeah, I agree. I mean, I think the Texans are going to win this game walking away, especially playing at home. Uh, it could be it could be ugly for the Broncos yeah. and Vic Fangio. Yeah. <laughs> so we got Matt Lafleur, Matt Lafleur, Vic Fangio, and Vic Fangio. He will have many cheeses in his fanny Malt pack this week. Oh man, <laughs> yeah, the fanny shack will be full. The fanny pack will be full. <laughs> next up, we got the next exciting game: uh, Niners and the Saints. Yeah, what playing. is with the NFL having these games at the same time? <laughs> exactly. Uh, the Niners Saints is at the same time. As the Ravens Bills, I want to watch both of these games, but cannot. Franny, who are you picking in this game? I want to hear your opinion first because I have a, I have a, you know what? I have an opinion here. I was impressed with the way the Niners played last week against the Ravens, um, and I, I think the Ravens are better than the Saints. I think their defense is better. Their quarterback has performed better this year. Their running game has been better. Kamara has been a little bit of a disappointment this year. Um, you know, Michael Thomas has been amazing. But, Best receiver in the league, probably. Yeah, but um, I I just think that Niners defense is so good. I think they're going to put so much pressure on... Actually, you know, in this game, they should probably put in Taysom Hill. I think Taysom Hill would probably perform better against the pressure uh, that, that uh, the Breeze will be getting from that 49ers uh, uh, defense. Um, but I, I see the Niners winning this one. It won't be easy. They are playing away. Um but I'm choosing the Niners, Ben. What about you? Yeah, I'm also going to take the Niners in this game. Niners are sitting at number two in overall team defense right now. They're also sitting at number three in overall team efficiency as well with New Orleans down at number five. I think I think that we're going to expose the, the New Orleans Saints in this game, and I think that their defense might get exposed a little bit. And I think that, that San Francisco's running game may turn this game into... Uh, not a blowout, but I think they may win by by ten or more points. I think the Niners are going down in New Orleans to make a statement. Mm-hmm. I agree. Next up, Ben. It's a division game. The Bengals. It is game within two t- <laughs> for two teams that play within the same division. That as, is true. As the Steelers, it is that the is Bengals true. and the Browns are playing in Cleveland. And I see. Oh, I, I mean, I, this, I I think it's gonna be an ugly game, but I think the Browns will win it. Two middle fingers up for this game. <laughs> Fuck you, Bengals, and oh, also there it is. fuck you, Browns. There's the shot. There's the it, shot, Ben. It, it, this is the game that I've been hoping to watch. The two garbage teams <laughs> with garbage coaching and garbage ownership playing each other into pathetic obscurity tomorrow at 10 o'clock in the morning. The Zach Taylor run Bengals against the Freddie Kitchens. The Steelers started it. T-shirt wearing coach on the other side, Odell Beckham giant pile of human garbage and Baker Mayfield, the most overrated quarterback to come out probably in the last, maybe even since Ryan Leaf came oh, out. I don't know if he's that bad, but Ben, uh, it's time to take a shot. It is time to take you, a shot. You, you've said a few negative I don't know if I can finish this. Of, uh, that's a pretty big one. So we did polish off the bottle of Jack Fire, so finally decided to fill a tiny <laughs> mason jar full of Jack Fire, so it's possible that I will not complete the shot yeah. no, in will. one sip. You will, and uh, since we're both going to take the shot at the same time, I might as well just say fuck the Cowboys, even though even though they're better than my team. Right now, I'm not sure who is the better All right. team. Cheers to Zach Taylor and Freddie Kitchens. Yeah. Couldn't have said it better myself, Ben. That, that was a pretty good uh, rant from you. Uh, two swallows is never a good sign for a shot. Ah, That means there was a lot in there. We will be slurring our speech later. Uh, but uh, <laughs> kudos to 
Jim Beam for making Jim Beam fire, which is probably yeah. the best of all the fire. Another bottle kill, Ben. You killed your gin. We killed the Jim killed Beam. The Jim We're Beam. making room for more alcohol. But we have Jack Fire. We have Jim Beam Fire. We have Fireball. And I think Jim Beam Fire is the best of the three. I still, hmm. It's better than Fireball. That's for sure. Yeah, but I think nine ninety nine for a gallon. I think the Jack Fire for five dollars more is not worth it. For that's five dollars, five dollars, man. I, I think the Jim Beam rivals the Jack. If they were the same price, I would go with the Jack. But for anybody listening out there that wants to save five dollars on a bottle, go with the Jim Beam Fire. But if you want to save five more dollars, go with the the one point seven five liter yeah, yeah, of yeah. Uh, the the what is it? The Fireball. The fireball. Yeah. It's that not stuff Captain is, Jim will get you high tonight. It's Captain Jack will get you high tonight. Disgusting. Next up, Ben, we got the Panthers and the Falcons. Another game that is happening. Do we need to talk about? We don't need to talk about this too much. Uh, I'm going to take the. I don't even. I'm going uh, to choose the Falcons. I'm going to take the Falcons as well. This is not Ron Rivera getting fired. This is not one of those yeah. te- games where the team is going to rally yeah, no. because they're happy their head coach got they're fired. They're pretty much done. They're probably they're pissed off that their head coach got fired. And I think the Falcons will get another win here. Yeah. Uh, another another game that's not very interesting. Um, we have the powerhouse that is the Miami Dolphins <laughs> against Another the interdivisional Jets. battle is, of garbage teams. You can choose the Jets in this one, Ben. You can definitely choose the Jets in this I, one, and I'd be it, confident in your choice. I don't. The Dolphins just beat the Super Bowl champion <laughs> Philadelphia Eagles the week that's before. A long time ago. But I'm gonna take the uh, I'm gonna take the Jets. You know, I'm also going to choose the Jets in this one. The Jets know how to handle a bad team, even though they are a bad team themselves. They're playing in New York. They're playing in cold weather. Uh, Miami's not really used to that, so the Jets. And the future Steelers running back Le'Veon Bell will have a huge game. I think the Steelers might end up with Le'Veon Bell on their roster at some point. They could, maybe. He is playing so poorly over there. But yeah, I'm going to take the Jets. To another bad team. Another, another game bad, that is happening. Bad matchup the right here. The afternoon games are shit so exactly. far. Exactly. We got the uh, the Chargers and the Jags playing in Jacksonville. The Chargers will probably lose this one in some crazy, crazy I am, sort of. Yeah, I'm gonna say title wave sort of way. A tidal wave. Uh, <laughs> extraordinary warm front that moves in that does something crazy to stadium yeah. collapse. Mm. Uh, Hopefully but not yeah, that, how, but yeah. This should be, there should be a but special think, prop bet in Vegas. How are the Chargers going to lose? It would pass interference called at least to a field goal. Uh, you know, the, the way that they've lost four straight running four, plays <laughs> four, that, <laughs> that don't find no, actually way. one that Eckler was one of them. One of them was a catch and they tried to run but that was a pretty but crazy they have finish. Lost some games in amazing fashion this year. That should be a prop bet of Vegas. I'm going to say that the Jaguars win this game on a botched fumbled <laughs> punt return. The, the Chargers have the ball punted to them. And for some reason, they muff the punt and the and <laughs> and the Jaguars run it in for a touchdown. Now I think of this one, uh, you know, I think the team, the Jaguars, will rally around Minshew the Minshew. way the Eagles rallied around Foles the last two seasons. Um, so it's kind of a reversal of roles in Jacksonville. It seemed like they were. Not firing on all cylinders with Minshew, no. but they were playing better football with Minshew. He just creates more time in the pocket to make some crazy, spectacular throws down the field. I think the sort of the same thing will happen in this game with Minshew back, and uh, you know, knowing that he's going to start yes. the last game, he was thrown in and and he wasn't even prepared. Yes, Gardner, Ron, Jeremy, Minshew will get the win. <laughs> 
I like that. Next one, Ben, we got the oh, Chiefs. Oh, we got a good game. And the Patriots, finally, a good game. And I'm going to choose the Chiefs in this one. Ooh, the Patriots. Oh, really? The Patriots has it, have not proven to me that they can beat a good team. And I think the Chiefs are a good team. You and are, they will. You know, because Franny is normally the Mel Gibson character from Braveheart <laughs> when it comes to the Patriots. You know, you can take our lives, but you'll never take our freedom. You know, you can say bad things about the Patriots, but they will never lose. They will never not make the playoffs. They will never not make it to the Super Bowl. So I'm shocked that Franny is choosing against the Patriots at home. They are playing back home in Foxborough. I, too, am going to take the Chiefs in this game. After all of that? Well, I mean, but I don't talk up the Patriots the way you do. (laughs) Neither do I. Well, you... I don't talk them up. I just expect... Success. Exactly. So I'm going to take the I'm going to take the Saints as or the Saints the Chiefs as well. This game that shot was huge. I'm going to take the Chiefs in this game. I think the Patriots, for all intent, is it intense intents and purposes, are cooked. I think they've won a lot of games against a lot of bad teams, uh, and they won a couple of games against good teams earlier in the year when they were really playing well. I think the Patriots may be finished uh, this year, and they're going to make the playoffs and lose early on in the playoffs but i think the chiefs are a team that no one's talking about because the ravens are playing so well and because the steelers are doing what they're doing and because there are other teams out there where there are competitive divisions like uh houston playing well i'm gonna take the chiefs all right In in a runaway wow in a runaway I expect them to win, but I expect to be close. Next up, Ben, we got the Titans and the Raiders. Raiders. The Tannehill-led Titans. And I know you want the Raiders to win. I got to say Raiders. But do you believe it? I'm putting the the energy into the universe. Do you believe it, though? No. Absolutely (laughs) not. But I am taking the Raiders in this game because I need the Raiders to win. Okay. That's what you want, but what do you believe? I believe that the Raiders are going to... Actually, I believe the Titans are going to win this game because the Raiders are imploding. Uh, Derek Carr is being shown to be the quarterback that he has always been after that initial peanut butter and jelly sandwich earlier this year. Where is this coming from, this peanut butter and jelly sandwich? Well, I mean, it's a couple teams. Was this on the word of the day calendar? No, it was essentially, you know, you... you, you, What's the definition? You have crappy bread, but you have something nice in between the bread. But then you have this crappy bread on top again. (laughs) So the Raiders had a, you know, they, they, they started out pretty badly. Then they had a nice little run, and now they're back to playing like shit again. Uh Uh, So you want that peanut butter and jelly in the middle... But to have it, you got to eat the crappy bread on the outside. Um, but I, yeah, I think the, I think the Titans will win this game. I think Tannehill's going to play well again. I think he's probably going to rush for fifty yeah. or more yards against the Raider defense. Throw for two touchdowns. The Titans probably around three hundred yards. And Derrick Henry. And Derrick Henry, Henry, if if he rushes for one hundred and fifty plus yards again, I think the Raiders will get blown out. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the, the Titans are they found their quarterback of the future. I'm not sure what Derrick Henry's contract is right now. I'm not. I'm not Something sure. Something that Andy Dalton could have done. <laughs> Get away from your terrible franchise. No, but I'm not, I'm not sure. Well, he was kind of forced out. They didn't want him anymore, which is pretty terrible. That's yeah. the Miami Dolphins. And now look how well he's playing. Anymore. And look how well he's playing. And exactly, he was never the problem. He was never the issue in Miami. Um, but uh, no, they, they've definitely found their quarterback of the future. They have a great running back. They have a good defense, and uh, you know it's gonna be that that division. Will, it was inter- It's interest. It's still interesting to watch this season, but next season with the Titans sort of trending in the right direction, yeah. that'll, that'll, that'll be a fun division, especially will. if the Jags can turn it around. They probably won't, but <laughs> they don't know who their quarterback is. Uh, but the Titans will win this one, I, I believe. Uh, unfortunately, I agree. 
Ben, next game up, it is your Steelers against the lowly Arizona Cardinals. You know, I want, I mean, Cardinals sitting at three, eight, and one. The Steelers sitting at seven and five. I I want to take the Steelers. I am taking the Steelers, but because we play this team so infrequently, and no one knows. I mean, there's, it's hard to tell what will happen, happen, especially with us playing on the West Coast. We have a horrible record on the West Coast, both against the Raiders as well as all the NFC West teams. I'm going to pick the Steelers because I think Devlin Hodges has found something. I think Mike Tomlin has found something with the defense and with James Washington playing well, with Benny Snell with another game under his belt to learn a little bit more about how to run at the professional level. And uh, even Jalen Samuels playing pretty well. The offensive line at essentially full strength, defense at full strength. I'm going to take the Steelers, but I Mm -hmm. think it will unfortunately be close. I agree with that. I mean, everything that you just said, I agree with that. And I expect the Steelers to win this game Maybe not thirty-four to seven, like the Rams just blew I them wish. out. But I, I think it would probably be you know twenty-four to fourteen. Fair enough. What's next up? Next up, Ben. Actually, the last three on the docket. Um, oh, we got some fun games coming no, up here. We had the Steelers. And we had the tag team teams. Actually, tag 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 <laughs> in a row. Thirst and gold teams. It was your Steelers. Now we have Sonya's Seahawks against the Rams, and that will be a difficult game. The Rams always tomorrow night, right? seem to give the Seahawks a little bit of trouble. They do. I mean, the Seahawks have handled them as of late, with the exception, I think, of last year. I think they split with them last year. Uh, I think yeah, they beat I mean, them. Sean, Sean McVay has a 3-2 and two record against yeah. the Seahawks. I think the Seahawks beat them late last year. I believe so. They beat them this year. And be, and they lost earlier on in the year. No, oh, they beat them this year. Uh, uh, the Seahawks beat oh, them. Oh, last year, I mean. Last oh, year, last year. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think the Seahawks beat them late. Mm-hmm. Uh This is a harder game to pick. I, I'm, I'm going to pick the Seahawks because Russell Wilson. Uh, but I think it's going to be close. I mean, I think oh, Sean yeah. McVay is not as good a coach as everyone thinks he is. Oh, yes, he is. Come on. But man. not as not as bad a coach as people think he is simply because he lost a few games. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's, a, he's a pretty darn good coach. I mean, he's completely turned around the franchise. Even $140 where they, million dollar man they, sitting been, behind center. They've been disappointed, disappointing this year, but that's only because, you know, the Niners came out of nowhere. I mean, the Niners have been a phenomenal team this year. Well, you love Jimmy Garoppolo. I thought. I mean, I don't love Jimmy Garoppolo. I, 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 you I, like Jimmy I, I, Garoppolo? I just, what are you talking about? I, I was, what are you talking about? <laughs> I was critical of him earlier in the podcast. <laughs> That's true, but until you know, as he was making his way to San Francisco, no, he's from the Patriots. You were pretty high on Jimmy GQ. He's good. He's good. He's no Russell Wilson. He's no Russell Wilson. That's for sure. Russell Wilson is, is just trying to. Russell find... Wilson is an elite quarterback, whereas Jimmy GQ is middle of the pack. But if you have that sort of a defense, then you can find some success. Franny is just trying to find his next Aaron Rodgers. He knows Aaron Rodgers is getting older. No, no, no. So Aaron he's Rodgers, trying to Aaron find Rodgers, his next man crush Aaron Rodgers quarterback, Aaron, and he thinks Garoppolo might be the guy. It might be Russell Wilson, actually. <laughs> Russell Wilson has he's played only eight winning seasons in a row <laughs> as a rookie quarterback. That's all Russell Wilson has done. No rookie has ever done that this before. This will be a very, very close game. It's going to be very closely contested. Uh, it, I mean, it's it's in L.A., but it's going to be a fifty. It's, it's a 50-50 crowd. I mean, there are a lot of Seahawks yeah. fans out here 
because of what the Seahawks have done. I mean, there's a lot of bandwagon Seahawks fans out here. Every time I see somebody walk into work with a Seahawks, you know, sweater on or a hat on or something like, really, how long have you been a Seahawks yeah, fan? Yeah, exactly. You live in I Los mean, Angeles. Who are you a fan of before yeah. you put on that shirt? The Chargers. It, no, no, I don't think there's too many of those. <laughs> there's not too many of those. But well, every Charger fan became a fan of some other team at some point. Uh, you know. I think the Seahawks will win. This. I think the Seahawks will I win the, the game. Seahawks I think it's going to be close. Unfortunately, it'll be Stephen J. Cannell of A <laughs> Team fame or some other M. Night Shyamalan. Someone is someone else is scripting this game because <laughs> it's clearly not a football mind that's scripting these games. They they have a producer, a writer, and a director for all of their games. It'll be close. It'll but but this is a huge. It's a big game for the Seahawks. They're already they, almost to, they're, to they're stay pretty as much the first seed as the first seed, but they're pretty much guaranteed a playoff spot. Whereas the Rams are playing for their lives right now. Yeah, but I mean, I love. I mean, the Seahawks with a. I mean, actually, this year the Seahawks with a home game is not necessarily the best thing, but I think they will win and beat the Rams by three to five points. Mm-hmm. Now another divisional game. Ooh, this is an exciting game. Why do we have Steelers, Seahawks, and Giant and Eagles to finish up? That, the, that's just the way it happened. The Monday night game. If they could flex this game, they probably would. Uh, but the Giants and the Eagles playing in Philadelphia. The Eagles have been a huge disappointment, but the Giants have probably been a bigger disappointment. They were expected to be bad, but they weren't expected to be two wins bad. Yeah, but but Eli playing Manning. at quarterback, <laughs> Eli Manning. That's pretty loud. When you listen to like when you listen to that on the radio, that's pretty loud. But <laughs> when you're in your car, that kind of scares you. But uh, you know, I'm gonna, the skies have opened and Eli as, is starting. As disappointed as I have been with the Eagles the entire season, especially this last week and the preceding couple of weeks, because those were also winnable games. They were in both of those games. I'm going to go with the Eagles in this one only because... Oh, come on. Only because the Eagles have a very good record only because. against Eli Manning. Eli Manning will manage to throw two interceptions in this game. And if in the fourth quarter he doesn't have an interception, he will throw two in, on purpose because he has to have a couple of interceptions against the Eagles and it will happen in this game. Well, I mean, I tend to think that the Eagles will win this game pretty handily, actually. I don't think this game is going to be close at all. I think it's going to be a blowout for the Eagles. I think the Eagles and Doug Peterson have gotten this thing completely worked out. I think the Eagles are going to win this game by 14 points. Wow. I hope so, Ben. I hope you're right. I mean, I'm choosing Sa- Saquon I think Barkley is, is not the running back that they thought oh, yeah, he, he was going yeah, to he be. Is. Yeah, he is. He's, he's, been, he's been injured a little bit this year. So, you know. I, and I, why is Dan- I mean, Daniel Jones, he has an ankle injury of some sort that's yeah, keeping him out of this game? Supposedly, supposedly. But, uh, but yeah, I'm going to take the Eagles in this game. I think the secondary is, uh, they. I think they went out to the bar. They got some wings. <laughs> they relaxed. They, they got walked their, home. They, they got, got their good, shit it, together. They got good exercise on Lane the Lane Johnson got his contract. He's going to be protecting Carson Wentz like mad out there. Uh, usually after the contract, you're like, fuck it. Peters is going to have one of those games where, you know, the game that I saw him take on Khalil Mack single-handedly for an entire game, Carson Wentz is going to have three or four seconds every single down. <laughs> To throw the ball, they're going to finally have a 100-yard rusher in this game, and it will be Miles Sanders. He will have 100-plus yards in this game, and the Eagles will win handily at home in front of the the home crowd because they have no choice if they want to leave that stadium in one piece. 
That is true. That is actually really true. <laughs> As I think the Eagles fans will revolt if they lose this game at home. And uh, next up, it is our Week 15 game. Because we record this podcast on Saturday, we always make predictions for the Thursday night game. On Thursday, it's the Jets and the Ravens. I think the Ravens will win this one 100 to nothing. Yeah, this game, I almost feel bad for the Jets here uh, because Adam Gase is clearly not ready for primetime coaching in the NFL, and the team is poorly constructed. Sam Darnold, you know, the offensive line not playing particularly well. Le'Veon Bell not able to get any any help from the offensive line to get some yards from scrimmage. And Lamar Jackson, I, I agree with Franny. I think it yeah. could be another one of those 45-7 to seven games or 50-plus yeah. to 10 Whatever games. they did to the Dolphins that first game of the season – that could happen. And it's too game. bad. I mean, yeah. it's too bad for my New York Jets from my home state. Uh, but they'll pull it together eventually once they get rid of Adam Gase and they clean up that. Yeah, I don't know front why. Office. Why? We, I mean, Adam Gase had no no success whatsoever no. in Miami, and then they turn around and hire this guy. I, I don't understand it. And that's what, and Ron Rivera is going to get a job. I mean, if, if yeah, he, but Ron Rivera actually went to the Super Bowl. He did, but I mean, well, why would you? I mean, this is this is why I respect. I, I root for Arizona. And even the Rams, if I if I have to, uh, because at least they're taking a chance. Even and the Steelers, they took a chance on Bill Cowher. They took a chance on Mike Tomlin. I mean, why would you hire Norv Turner or Marty Schottenheimer yeah. or Bill Callahan or or Adam Gase or any of these retreads yeah. or Ron? I mean, Ron Rivera. Sure, he's a good coach. It's like if, if somebody turns around, you know, next season and and if Jason Garrett gets fired. Uh, or Bill, sure if, yeah. I mean, Jason, I was thinking about it. If he makes the playoffs, I wonder what they'll do with him. But if he gets fired, who? why would a team hire a guy like that? They just He's get a the cult of personality. Yeah. I mean, even Bill Parcells has a te- – if you look at his win-loss record and what he was able to do when he left the Giants, yeah, he was not very good. Yeah, I mean, but they get this cult of personality. Around. That's why I have a lot of respect for people like Andy Reid who are successful. I know, I know, he doesn't <laughs> win the Super Super Bowl, but he's successful everywhere he goes. Yeah, he's not unsuccessful. He doesn't go one oh, place he's... and suck, and then the next place and win. The next place suck. I mean, Kansas City. I mean, his record with Kansas City. Uh, man, how many years has he been there now? I think he only has not too many losses. I was I was looking at the win loss records for all the coaches after Ron Rivera got fired, but he was high up. Yeah, there. I mean, he if I were have, the Eagles, I never would have fired not, him after those last two seasons yeah, that he had with them. I might but, have. Yeah, he, he was eight a... and eight, and then four and twelve, and then you know he. he, he you know, he had some success during the regular season, but not in the postseason. So, and it's he's proven the same exact thing with Kansas City, but he's he is a good coach. But like you said, these retreads that just keep on getting they just keep jobs, recycling yeah, them. Don't get I it. mean, Norv Turner. I mean, my God, honestly, yeah. That's why I, if I was Denver, I would stick with Vic Fangio <laughs> because I think that you know, giving someone a chance for the first time, I think you should give them. A little, a, little, a little bit of leeway yeah. because you know what you're going to get from a North Turner or an Adam Gase. Yeah. All right, Franny, what's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, is our shot of the week. All right, Franny has concocted a beautiful, beautiful shot here. It is brown and white and brown again. It's with red. red. That's actually red outside in these lights, it looks like, Sorry. but it's red, white, brown. Red, white, brown with some red and green sprinkles. So we'll be right back with the shot of the week. Saturday night and you know what that means. 
Seems to get shorter every single, single week. week. I remember you had the extended. Our listeners are so thankful. I could play the whole song. <laughs> but you had the extended version. You do have I the did. extended version of that song. And, um, you know, you could download that on, uh, on iTunes. On, on iTunes. <laughs> Please don't. Yeah, no. Please don't. On SoundCloud. It's out there on SoundCloud if you'd like Franny's song. It's out the there. extended mix. Ben won a Grammy for that. Uh, so our yes, shot of the week. The little people. <laughs> our shot of the week is an honor of the Christmas holiday and uh, actually all of our shots leading up uh, to Christmas um, will be sort of in that same vein. They'll, I mean, this this one um, was uh, inspired by Tipsy Bartender. And, you know, like I always say, they have some, some great drinks on there, some great cocktails. Um, but uh, this is one of the ones that I found. And me and Ben have dubbed this one the Kahlua Claws. The Kahlua Claws. Shot. It is. Uh, it was created with uh, grenadine uh, topped with some white chocolate liqueur and some Kahlua with whipped cream and some sprinkles. Ben has some red sprinkles on his. I have some green on mine. And Ben, I expect this shot to be um, pretty sweet. Pretty sweet, man. <laughs> the waves were nice today. I mean, like sweet as oh, it tastes. I mean, like oh, it'll taste sweet. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, this shot looks amazing. Please, please, please check it out <laughs> on <thank> Instagram <laughs> as well. I don't know, Spicoli made these shots, uh, but it it looks really, really, really good. Uh, sweet. That shot was pretty big. <laughs> that shot was pretty. Yeah, Friday night. I don't know if you have been listening. I'm sure you have. <laughs> I uh, just took about two shots in one shot, so we're gonna yeah. we're gonna have to digest uh, that before we drink this shot. I'm drinking this shot, uh, but this is amazing shot. Yeah, leading up through the holiday season, we're really happy to bring you. Or Franny is really happy to bring you. You know, different holiday themed shots every single week. We had the goblet, goblet of fire, of goblet of fire a couple weeks ago for Thanksgiving, and last week we had the that was last week. The week before, I, I can't remember. remember. Yeah, can't remember. We have so many of them. Yeah, we're going to need to erase the big board and yeah. start it. Without Sonia here, we keep uh, not as good track of yeah. things that we drink when she's not here. Uh, but rest assured, she will be back. But Let's... they're all on Twitter and on Instagram, so you can check out all of our shots. And here we go. Ben, cheers to you. <sighs> wow. That is a really... <coughs> tasting a maraschino cherry. Delicious. Shot. Wow. And it was huge. All right. We're definitely oh. going to be slurring our words <clears throat> by the end of this podcast. Choking on it. Don't listen to Ben's betting corner tonight. <laughs> no, but that was that grenadine. You can definitely taste that grenadine at the end. That's really sweet. Very good. Wow. It tastes mean, like a maraschino cherry. Man, that was that was a really good shot. Probably one wow. of our sweetest, bro, in, in, in recent weeks. That one was, that one. I was wondering where you were going with that. Like, what's this guy talking about? <laughs> I thought it was fast times at Ridgemont High here at the table. <laughs> That was really sweet, bro. But 
That was, that was that was one of our better ones. I think the one last week, the Gobble Lit a Fire, and the ones leading up to that were all a little harsh, a little strong. Yeah, this, this one was, was very really sweet, sweet. Very easy to drink. And to all of our listeners out there, if you want any ideas for some good shots, you know, obviously Pinterest is always good, but um, uh, Tipsy Bartender, go to that website. They have some good stuff on there. Oh, for sure. And, yeah, and I'm so happy we got these tall shot glasses because <laughs> yeah. from time to time we have shots that have a little bit of cream in them and it's not it doesn't it's sometimes it's it it, it, it uh it's like drinking out of a coffee cup where you nothing comes out and all of a sudden it all comes out <laughs> so i was able to get my whole yeah. mouth around that shot glass because i was afraid that the especially it was all going to come at once yeah uh but that was a really 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 good shot especially so, in the winter months because we're sitting out here you know recording this podcast like ben always says out in the elements where football where, should be played and podcasts should be recorded and on cold nights like this you know you have the whipped cream which we had on top that sort of uh solidifies and also that white chocolate liqueur um sort of was it co- coagulated i mean it, it got thicker than it probably usually is when you drink it at room temperature so like you said ben that just like clumps up in your mouth and you know it kind of it falls back. It, yeah. And, yeah. 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 Like what's go, coming next? Like it's nothing, nothing, nothing. And all of it. All of a sudden. Yeah. That's probably why the grenadine just kind of. Uh, but that was an amazing. In. That was a good shot. That it was tasted good. really, really good. So folks, please, please, please try this at home. If you're having your holiday parties or your get togethers for folks, this would be something that's easy to put together. Maybe how long did it take you to make uh, two shots? Oh, this was easy. I mean, you know, because these are very stackable because of the sugar content and the thickness of uh, the grenadine. You can pour almost anything on top of the grenadine. And so the grenadine, you pour that in and you almost don't need a spoon to pour in the white chocolate liqueur. It sits nicely on top and then the Kahlua right on top of that. But we have the the, 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 dark, higher, Kahlua. the dark Kahlua, which is a little bit higher in, in alcohol content. So it really just depends on the type of Kahlua that you're using. Uh, but in our case, uh, it worked out perfectly and it was very easy to make these two shots you can whip up 20 of them no problem yeah like, really good shot and and for the record out minutes. there i moved on i i i was able to kill that botanist and i moved on to the einstock oh yeah icelandic arctic pale ale now, all of them are good from all the einstocks are good normally i don't tell folks what i'm drinking in the middle of the show but einstock 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 if you find it in your store what whatever offering they have uh, at your local liquor establishment, please pick it up because it's very, very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, not a sponsor, but just a very good, very good product from Iceland. Yeah. All right, Franny, what's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, we don't have a song for this. Eventually we will. But it is our beverage of the week. This week we are tasting a cognac. The last few weeks uh, we've had uh, rise and uh, some Islay scotches. I think we had a bourbon somewhere in there. But uh, this week we have a cognac. It is Paule. I'm, th- I'm guessing that's how you say it. It's P-A-U-L-E-T. Paule. Paule. For... Oh, I can oh, hear that you hear a little pitter patter of rain coming down right now. I hear uh, Matt Lefleur as, really as, likes this palais. Yeah, as <laughs> as Friday said, we film this or film this. We record this podcast outside every week, so you may hear a little pitter patter in our outdoor studio on the roof here of our awning. Uh, but uh, yeah, so Friday, I'm sorry I interrupted you. It's all right. So what are we drinking again? Paulet. Paulet. I'm guessing that's how you pronounce it. Well, that's how I pronounce it. But what is it exactly? It is a cognac, Ben. Uh, it's a VSOP from yes, France, of course. And I'm sure you have, do you have some information? I mean, it's it's it seems like there's not much information out there on this particular cognac. 
Um, but yeah. it has a 94 out of 100 on wine enthusiasts. Yeah, and and even at uh, and that's probably where the the rating was from uh, when I picked it up at Total Wine. Um, I just thought it was highly rated, and it is very moderately priced for a cognac. So if you're looking for a cognac, if you're uh, you're into that sort of thing, I mean, me and Ben drink mostly scotches and bourbons and rye. This is only our third cognac um, on the show. But if you're looking for a good one, this one is highly rated, and it's only between $35 and $40. Yeah, and I mean, this is what it looks like. It looks very, very nice. This is from France. It pours a dark copper with glints of gold revealing aromas of apricot prunes and white grapes dried fruits persist on the palate followed by vanilla and pastry notes as well it has a lightly smoky flavor with a long finish it won the 2018 san francisco spirits competition silver medal uh as i said the brand is pole the country is France. It is from the state of cognac, where all good cognacs are made. And the taste is rich, chocolate, nutty, and long. Uh, the proof on this is what? Um, You know what? Let me see. Does it show? Does it say? I'm, I'm guessing it is probably 80 proof. I'm guessing. Yeah, it actually doesn't say here. Um, actually, on the very website. lightly here. It's, well, it's 40% alcohol, so it is 80, 80 proof. proof. Yeah. Okay, so perfect. And it's fairly, as Franny said, you know, $37, fairly reasonably priced. It was actually $34.99. Yeah, so, we don't I mean, It was even I cheaper mean, at, uh, at Total Wine. What's that? It was even cheaper at Total Wine, $34.99. It was $34.99 at Total yeah, Wine. Quite a bargain for a cognac. For All a right. cognac that's highly rated, that's a, that's a bargain. All right, you want to give this a taste? Let's give it a shot, Ben. Cheers to you. All right, cheers. Mm, very smooth. Oh yeah, it goes down very easily, but the smell of it is Wait, actually really we do good. Have, we do have a song for this. It's it's. Oh yeah. Now I feel like I'm in that French sort of mood. Oh, oh Vic, not Vic Fangio. He's probably Italian. But Matt Lafleur, Matt Lafleur would like this a good cognac. Really, some things that Matt Lafleur would like to drink after a victory and, uh, for the Green Bay Packers, and uh, because of the French cheeses that yes. are widespread in Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> but this is—I uh, mean, I—I I, I could taste some of the notes that they. You know, Smelling it, just smelling it, and it's it's actually coming down a little bit harder now. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure if, if our listeners can actually hear the rain. Uh, it's starting know, to come yeah, down here in Southern California, folks. Coming down right now, it's yeah. But I can taste we the smokiness. This, but, yeah, but I can. I don't. I don't taste a lot of smokiness, but just oh, it's really coming it, down now. Smelling it, it's it's has a very fruity sort of smell. Sweet, fruity. So, I taste like it. I, I could get the fig, a little bit of. Uh, Sort of raisin. It's sort amazing of when you taste it without reading the notes, and then you taste it after you read what it is they claim. I, now I taste the apricot. I did not taste it earlier when we tasted this. Mm-hmm. Now I taste the apricot. In fact, no, the apricot is more pronounced now than earlier when I didn't taste it almost at all. But now mm-hmm. I really can. That apricot flavor is clearly there. It's definitely, it's definitely fruity, but it's not overly sweet. Um, we've had a couple of other um, cognacs on the show. I think it was the Decorte 
And yes. there was one more. I can't remember which one it was. Uh, but that one was they were they were fairly sweet. They were overly sweet almost. Um, but this one is is soft. It's enjoyable. It has some creaminess to it. It has a sweet uh, a, creaminess. Yeah, a slight creaminess right at the finish. Um, but it's good. I mean, I can understand why it was highly rated. But for anybody out there that's looking for a good cognac for a low price, this is a very good option. Yeah, find a darkly or dimly lit room, <laughs> a newspaper, French a newspaper. cigar, and then sit there with a nice. What do you? What do you typically? You drink cognac out of a. It's a. It's a short, stocky glass, sort of uh, like a wine glass, but it's a sort of a short, stocky glass. Yeah. Or out of the bottle. I mean, if you want to be really classy, you could. Just... Well, this isn't Peaky Blinders, which I finished this this weekend. Finally, finished season five of Peaky Blinders. Anyone that has not seen that show, please, Frane, please go watch. Eventually, that show. eventually, you've been talking about it, it for a while now. It is an amazing show. It is an amazing show. All but the last six minutes of the show were amazing this season, <laughs> or six six minutes of the last episode. But it looks like you're enjoying this cognac, Ben. And typically, I don't. Typically, yeah, I know. cognac. I'm you more like of a you like a little rye. bit of. Bitterness. bitterness, and recently you've been into the smoky peatiness. Oh, the eyeless of uh, the eyeless scotches, but this one is enjoyable. I, I like this. Uh, I like this cognac. I can definitely see myself sitting back, sipping on this, and um, I probably wouldn't reach for anything else. This is pretty good. Well, I mean, the thing I like about it, I mean, primarily now that I've had a, almost this complete glass of it, it's very complex. It when you ha- think about the flavors, it has the, it has complexity that I did not expect in a cognac. I think the decorte is that how I pronounce it? I believe so. It was less complex. This I really feel now that I've now that I've read. I mean, it's amazing what your mind can do when you read something. Mm-hmm. Uh, I taste the complexity of both the fruits. Well, it's fruity as for well sure. as the sweetness, as well as the smoke. I taste the smokiness on the finish. As it's going down and on the back of my tongue after I finish the finish it, I taste a little bit of that smokiness. I don't taste the pastry. I taste the sweetness, but I don't taste the pastry. Uh, but because it, it is it is far more complex than I expected now that I've really had a minute with it. Yeah. I mean, if you just want to down it and enjoy something very smooth, you know, without thinking about all the nuances of it, but, you know, it is, it is actually... It's very, very Smooth. easy to drink. It just goes down. But, you know, if you think about the flavors coming through, but the finish kind of give is it a little nice. bit of swish. It is, it is really nice. It is very the smooth. Is and very it has nice. that little bit of creaminess right at the end, yeah. that little touch, maybe a little bit of spice also, a little bit of a bite, but not too much. Not overwhelming. But tasting that finish, I love it. Mm-hmm. All right, Freddie, what's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, is our beer of the week. It is a Hefeweizen which we will put head-to-head against our own Hefeweizen. Yes, so we are going to do head-to-head our beer against the Kronbacher from Germany, which is a Wiesen from there, a Hefeweizen from there. We are going to put that head-to-head with our beer. blind. What's that? Let's do a blind. I'm going to blind. Oh, we're going to do a blind. You want to do a blind taste test? I will. No, you will. So I will pour it. Oh, I will. Okay. I will pour it, and then you will tell me which one is better. Oh, this is going to be awesome, folks. Please stick around for this. Folks of Homebrew, as well as for uh, uh, folks that like our beer taste test, please stick around. Give us a couple minutes, and we'll be right back. (laughs) 
All right, and we are back, and I have the two beers poured side by side. This is a blind taste test for Ben. He's not sure which one is number one, which one is number two. One of them is the Chromebucker Hefeweizen, and the other one is our homebrew Hefeweizen. And Ben... There's number All right, one. here we go. There's I'm number gonna... one and number two. And Ben has absolutely no idea right no, now. No, I don't. Which I, beer is which? I have no idea which is which. I'm going to taste the first one here. Weedy. Well, it is a half a wisen. Interesting flavor. Not particularly complex. A little bit fruity, but not much. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, next one. A little bit darker in color. Mm-hmm. A little flat, but more complex, more robust in the flavor profile for sure. The fruitiness is not as much there. A little bit hoppier than the other. I choose the second one. You choose the second one, Ben? I do. Why? It's more complex in its flavor. It's a little bit more robust, which is something I like in a beer. I think the first one was weedy, a little bit crisp, but it lacked that that you know, flavor I, that flavor that I that I deeply seek in a beer. I agree with you, Ben. I agree with you. You agree with me? I agree with you. And the one that you chose is our uh-huh. homebrew Hefeweizen. It does have a little bit of a of a sour note to it right at the finish. We're like, hmm, this is kind of interesting. I actually like, I mean, I had a feeling this was ours because it's a little bit less heady. Yeah. <laughs> um, And there's a, there's a chunk of something in there. Oh, well, yeah. Okay. It's not filtered. That's for sure. But because it's more robust, the body is more significant, and the flavor profile is more complex, mm-hmm. that is why I choose ours. It seems like there's a little something extra, right? Yeah. I mean, and it's obviously, it's 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 fresher. I mean, it was just brewed not that long ago. I'm not sure how long this Krumbacher has been sitting on the shelf. I'm not sure how it would taste if it was, you know, fresh out of the brewery. Um, but, you know, I just test, I tasted the Krumbacher, and I just tasted our own, and just tasted them back to back really quickly. I was like, you know what? Our sixth round Hefeweizen uh, tastes better, and 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 to all the listeners out there, we're not just saying this because it's our own. I mean, Ben Ben didn't know. I knew I knew what I was tasting, but you didn't know what you were tasting, Ben. And um, I see why you chose it. Now, just drinking them back to back, it just seems like it has a little something, an extra zing to it right at the finish. You know, we're going down, it's almost the same, but then it's like, hmm, what is that? Yeah, the Kronbacher just doesn't have the zing. Oh, <laughs> but let's give you a little information about the Chromebacker. This is product innovation is driven by you, our customers, says Chromebacker. The widespread interest in wheat beer is now enhanced by the addition of our established name and excellent brewing credentials with the introduction of Chromebacker wheat. Important vitamins, proteins, and minerals are preserved during the brewing process, producing a naturally tangy, which I disagree with, wheezing, 
golden in color with a unique characteristic of chrome bakker flavor. Our investment in new in our new brewing plant underpins our commitment to ensuring we produce a fruity, full-bodied, and naturally cloudy wheat beer, which I disagree with again, and that has been refined through our rigorous selection of the perfect hops that add the distinct flavor to Kronbacher wheat. I don't want to insult this beer, but what we brewed was a batch of Bavarian Hefeweizen that we allegedly will feel the call of a traditional beer in every bottle. It's a foolproof beer recipe that yields medium-bodied effervescent ale, practically exploding with yeast and wheat malt in character, kind of like a liquid multi-grain bread, a shining handcrafted example of Bavaria's signature brew. The Bavarian Hefeweizen recipe kit that we brewed this from contains all the ingredients you need for a 100% traditiony, traditional cloudy, malty, and spicy brew, a smooth mouthfeel, and dense whipped cream head served in a tall glass. And swirl the bottle to make sure you get all the yeast. Uh, I think we did a great job on this. Yeah, I, I am shocked. No, just drink them back to back. And how well we did on this. And it's going to continue to get more and more carbonated as time goes by, I yeah. think. I mean, it still looks good. I mean, there's, there's plenty of head on there. Um, I mean, it, right now it has a little bit more than uh, than the Kronbacher after that initial pour. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it, yeah, at, at the it has finish, more flavor. It has just, the bottom line is more flavor. Yeah, that, that finish is, it has this little bit of sourness that makes it interesting. You know, ours. Whereas the Kronbacher, it, it kind of just dies, you know, and it, it's not as interesting uh, to drink, but if if I was to you know just throw back a, a couple of these Kronbachers, I would also enjoy them. Um, what would you rate this uh, the Kronbacher, Ben? <clears throat> Probably <laughs> a five. Yeah, I was gonna say a six. Yeah, so it's kind of middle of the road. Not not our best beer that we've had. I mean, it's, it's highly rated. Yeah, at Total Wine. Um, but I, I would I like ours. I enjoy ours more. I like ours. I like it more. <laughs> uh, and I'm, I'm, uh, uh, we are being honest, folks. Yeah. Not just uh, saying We've drank a drunk, a lot of, you know, alcohol this evening. <laughs> and honestly, I think this beer that we made mm-hmm. has more flavor and more body, yeah. more fruitiness, more complexity than, than the Kronbach. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I've been, I've, been a little bit disappointed so far in the in the German offerings that we've tasted. Mm-hmm. Not because anything. Well, no, the Rot House. The Rot House was pretty. The good. The Rot House was that, pretty. That good. one was pretty good because it has like that sort of pine finish to it, which is really nice. Yeah, and we were in Vienna. We had a bunch of beers from mm, yeah, from Austria, Austria that were pretty. Yeah, that was pretty. Yeah, pretty good. good. I mean, it was it was very drinkable, very smooth. You know, not very complex, but you know, you, it's it's what you would expect from uh, from a domestic beer. But you choose the uh, sixth round. The sixth round. Sixth round. Hefeweizen over the. I do. I do. I agree. And I'm going to finish, as you can see, by the beer that's left in these two glasses, which one I prefer. (laughs) All right, Friday, what's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, we have your betting corner. Well, it's not really my betting corner. Oh, yeah, it is. Let's lead with. So every week. Franek either has a sexy six or a fantastic five parlay each and every week. And I do want to lead with that. So, Franek, do you have a fantastic? Fantastic. Or a sexy? 
parlay for us this week? It is a sexy six for this week, Ben. Mm. <laughs> I can't help that's, it. I like the fantastic. That's pretty. That's pretty hilarious. Well, you gotta pick five then. I uh, well, okay. So this is a six this week for my parlay. I'm just choosing the money line on these games, and so I have the Ravens, the Packers, the Texans, the Vikings the Steelers and the Titans all winning. And last week, um, I would have hit my parlay if not for the Eagles losing to the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, and that was so you hit all five with the exception four, or four and with the that exception was of the, the one that I missed out on and who would have thought? And that is why parlays are so hard to hit, folks. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Franny has a good record so far this year yeah, when he doesn't get worse. On his it's getting own worse. Team. But that's how Vegas builds those beautiful, yeah. beautiful casinos. I've still made more Monopoly money than I've lost. So. Exactly. And that's all that really matters. <laughs> Over 50%, you're in the black. Below that, you're in the red. All right, so I have some Ben's certified picks for this week. Niners versus Saints. San Francisco 49ers versus the New Orleans Saints. San Francisco plus two. Take it and lock it up. Next up, Seahawks versus Rams. The Seattle Seahawks are getting a point at home. Essentially a pick'em game, but I am taking the Seahawks in that game. Next up, Titans versus Raiders. I can't believe I'm doing this because it hurts my Pittsburgh Steelers, but I am taking the Tennessee Titans to win that game by more than three points. Next up, Chiefs versus Patriots. Kansas City is getting three points on the road at Foxborough. Take it. The Kansas City Chiefs are going to win this game by a large margin. Next up, Giants versus Eagles. Neither one of these teams can seem to score points on a consistent basis. This is against where the money is in Vegas on this particular bet. I am taking under, under 46 for the Giants and Eagles. I think that's a pretty safe bet. All right, Franny, do you want to go through the games this week? All right, go ahead. first up. Baltimore Ravens at Buffalo Bills. The Ravens are giving away six points at home. The over-under is 44. Franny, any opinions on this game? No. No. It's your betting Ooh, corner now. Buddy. I'm going to take the Bills in this game. I think the Bills could potentially win this game outright. I wouldn't touch the over-under unless you were going for the over, but I think the Bills have a chance of winning this game outright. Redskins at Packers. The Packers are giving away 13 points in this game with an over-under of 41.5. If anything, I would take the over. I don't trust that the Packers can win this game by two touchdowns. Next up, Broncos at Houston Texans. The Texans are giving away nine points with an over-under of 42.5. I just don't like anything about that game. The Texans are going to win this game, but I can't say they would win it by nine or more. Next up. Cincinnati Bengals at Cleveland Browns. I'm just staying away. Uh, Carolina Panthers at Atlanta Falcons. Falcons are giving away three and a half points over under 47.5. I would take the Falcons in that game on the money line as well as taking the points there. Detroit Lions at Minnesota Vikings. Vikings are giving away 13 points in that game to the Detroit Lions. That is just too many points for me. And the over-under is 43.5. If anything in that game, I would take the over. I think both teams are capable of scoring many, many points. The Detroit Lions, notwithstanding, they can score some points. 
Uh, Minnesota, uh, Miami Dolphins at New York Jets. The Jets are, oh my God, the Jets are favored by five points in this game. Stay away. The over-under is 46. If anything, I would take the under in that game. Next up, Colts at Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Bucks are giving away three points with an over-under of 47. If anything, I would take the Colts in that game. I think I would stay away from the points. Next up, Chargers at Jacksonville Jaguars. The Chargers are favored by three. You couldn't get me further away from this game if you dragged me out of here by my heels. I am not touching that one. Next up, Pittsburgh Steelers at Arizona Cardinals. The Pittsburgh Steelers are favored by one and a half points on the road at Arizona. Take the Pittsburgh Steelers in that game. The over-under is 43.5. If anything, I would take the over there. Tennessee Titans at Oakland Raiders. The Titans are favored by three. Best bet of the week. Should not have mentioned it again. Seattle Seahawks, same thing. But Monday night, Monday, 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 the New York Giants at Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles are favored by 10 points. I don't know what to say about that. I'm going to take the Giants. Not to win, but because I think the Giants will lose, but I don't think the Eagles are capable of beating any team by 10 points right now. That doesn't mean they won't be later. But the over-under, as I mentioned, I'm taking the under in that game. Franny, anything to add about the betting lines for this week? Nope. That was pretty good, Ben. So when you go and you take your bets, just remember this. Although the under in the Miami game, the Miami Jets game, you went for the under, the Jets could put up some points. They can, but I just... The Dolphins can put up points. I mean, they can put up points. They can. It's 46. Uh, I might go over on that one. If it was if it was my Monopoly money, I would bet the over. I love it. Franny finally giving me some <laughs> feedback. Fantastic. <laughs> and that is all that matters. All right, Friday, what's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, to end the show, we have a little bit more of your housekeeping. A little bit more of my housekeeping? Yeah, I was, uh, while you're reaching for the paper, I was adding <laughs> add, I was adding words to it so you can get to it. And, Friday's and, like, can you reach for that paper uh, you have on the other side? A little side? bit quicker. <laughs> so thank you all so much for listening to our show. And anyone that has made it this far, we truly, truly appreciate that you have made us that deep into our podcast. We are humbled that you like our show and encourage you to share our website, thirstinggold.busbrow.com. And rest assured, we will be putting out an actual website at some point, but, you know, it's a podcast, so I don't know how many of you are going to our website for information that isn't related to the podcast. Uh, Please share it with your friends, relatives, anyone you think would also like the show. Anyone can listen and subscribe for free by searching for us on Apple Podcasts. Pandora, Spotify, CastBox, CastBox, Google Podcast, <laughs> Overcast, Stitcher, or just about any other podcatcher in the universe. Please leave us a review on any of the podcatchers and on iTunes, Apple Podcast. If you would like to leave feedback or ask a question to be answered on the show, you can email us direct at podcastthirstingoal, one word at gmail.com, podcast, there's a goal at gmail.com, or you can call us at 818-350-2680 and leave us a voicemail. Please be aware we may use and play your message on the show. Please also follow us on Frane's intelligent and eclectic Instagram account at Thirstand 
and on my mediocre retweeted account, <laughs> Twitter at Goal Thirst. False. Franny. That is false. Franny. Anything else to add before we let these people on their way? No, thank you very much for listening. Yes. Thank you all so much. And we will see you next week. Thank you.